Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello. Oh, wow. I'm tired. I can hear it in my voice. Oh, dear. Because they had a full day, came home, did pancakes. Basically, was just like, oh, for like three hours. Because I ate way too many pancakes. <laughs> Please, can we leave this in the beginning of the pod? Yeah, fine. Whatever. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich. And as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm a bit tired, working hard, but... I love this show we're covering today, so we're looking forward to talking about it. Fantastic. You've been a busy boy, and hopefully we'll have some secret, secret, exciting information next Mm. week. I can't talk about it quite yet before I'm... Well, I'm meeting whoever I'm going to be working with tomorrow, so we'll see how it goes, eh? I am elated for you. And I I know you don't put your own stuff over. You are, hands down, one of the most talented and creative people I have ever met. And Aww. I'm so happy that you're getting the opportunity to do what you're doing. I and find I'm, it so weird when you compliment me. I can't handle it. I, I'm very excited <laughs> for what you're going to get to do. And I'm very excited yeah, yeah. for people to be able to see what you do. Because some of this project you're working on, which we've spoken about off pod, it sounds amazing. If you are a wrestling fan... You will not miss the stuff that Rich is potentially going to be working on. So just keep peeled. Keep an eye on our um, our Twitter feed at World of Rest Pod at Fanboy Rich at the Tex Williams. We'll share everything out as soon as uh, Rich is able to confirm it. Yeah, sure. I, on the other hand, while you've been searching for work to do on this project today, my employer has sent me to a selling without selling course. Now, not my employer <laughs> in professional wrestling. So this is not selling to of wrestling. This is selling accountancy services, but not selling. <laughs> but we're still selling. But we're not selling. Like NXT. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm going to go completely against everything I've just learned for the last 12 hours. And I'm going to go for a hard sell. Buy our t-shirt. It's at Amazon.co.uk. £15. If you're a Prime user, you get the postage of free. Our CM Punk tribute t-shirt, essentially. Instead of the lightning bolt, we've got our microphone. It's Show cooler you- than his one. Buy our one. It's yeah. so much better. Lovely- cheaper than the Young Bucks merch. Cheaper than the Young Bucks merch <laughs> and more exciting. And it's got more logical storytelling. However, you also need to buy the merch because I'm buying a new house. Yay! We're going to get uh, Tax Williams t-shirts up on that Amazon stuff soon as well. So definitely buy your Tax Williams t-shirts from there as well. I have to say that when we were recording last week's pod, uh, you might have noticed a sudden edit in the middle. It's because I received a phone call telling me, oh, someone's offered you 10 grand lower than the asking price for your house. And I basically said to the estate agent, no. And my Mrs. Tax Williams will not accept this. <laughs> Mrs. Williams. Mrs. So Tax Williams. Hearing her referred to as that, but yeah, that's all good. Um, the next morning, I, I received a phone call and they said, oh, the Tax Williams family. They decided to up their offer to the full <laughs> asking price. They did. That's exactly how they phrased it. <laughs> and I said, oh, I would delightfully accept that offer. Did they come out to, no chance? Well, actually, <laughs> as they you, were doing it. You, you, well, I thought this because. Ultimately, my estate agent was the true heel in this business because on Saturday lunchtime, yeah. the heel general manager came out and went, It's over, tax! The buyer had pulled out of the people who are buying our house. Uh, what a joy. And that is the day before Mrs. Tax Williams' birthday, and she, for lack of a better term, was fucking livid! Jeez, man. That's However, yeah. our estate agent, shout out to no estate agents are crooks. <laughs> I say, don't shout them out. <laughs> um, rallied and got all our appointments back for the Saturday evening. Yeah. And whilst I was at a soft play party, one of soft party, uh, soft play party, one of two Amazing. on Saturday. So I'm carrying many injuries. <laughs> um, we sold our house again in the space that afternoon. Excellent. Man. We'd have That's the offer accepted on what can be described as a mansion. 
I know it in, in storyline terms, Tax <laughs> Williams has a fuck ton of money. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the mortgage I've taken out for the time being makes me look like I'm fucking loaded. <laughs> However, I'm going to build it on bricks and mortar. And cool. we will maybe, we could potentially in the future have a proper pod den in our nerdy thing. We could have a oh, Warhammer amazing. room. Hell My yeah, garage is going to be it. a weight room. I don't know what Mrs. Tax Wins thinks about this, but tough <laughs> shit because I pay most of the mortgage. Uh, so you showed me the house and stuff. We could definitely make space for that. Hell great. yeah. Well, we've got the summer house already out there. That's how upper middle class and you thought me being on a cruise ship was bad without the coronavirus. <laughs> well, check it out. This guy's got a summer house subject to contract. Jesus. Uh, I'm so happy for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, but it also means really fast for you as well it's insane and the fact that our new buyer is now first time buyer so and the people we're buying from said oh we'll just move into rental so that's literally the length of the chain perfect if you uh own if you are listening in france or scotland or america you've got different ways to buy houses which i think is a much better than we have here in england Mm. However, we are not here to talk about my housing and my palatial mansion. No more neighbours, motherfucker! (laughs) We are here to talk about the third part of our Brian Pillman trilogy. WWF In Your House 17 Ground Zero from 1997. Specifically the 7th of September 1997. Now, these In Your House events were essentially bought in by WWE to have something to essentially counter-program what WCW are doing, because they were doing a lot more frequent pay-per-views at this time. However, this is the first of the In Your House pay-per-views to be three hours. Oh, Previously, okay, I didn't know that. They used to be two hours, and I think they're about $19.99, not, uh, so, so basically $20. Yep. This was the first one where they upped it to the full three hours to be a competitive pay-per-view, because when you first said, oh, and In Your House, I thought, brilliant, two-hour show to watch. When I went to look at it last night, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I've misjudged this. I uh, did a lot of work last night for my new project that I was getting stuff ready for. Um, and uh, I started to watch this at about 2 a.m. Jesus. Because <laughs> I was like, I've got to watch it. I want to watch it. It's just I, I've squeezed way too much work into three days. Let's put it that way. Yeah. and But so to set the scene, this is shortly after we have Steve Austin being out of action at the hands of Owen Hart with that reverse tombstone sit-out pile driver yeah, that broke his freaking neck. Um, and at this time, he is still the Intercontinental Champion following the roll-up of Owen Hart at that match and also the Tag Team Champions with Dude Love. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker have legit beef. Yeah. And we see that in the main event. And also, everyone's favourite main event star, not in the main event, Del Wilkes the Patriot. <laughs> I'm so happy he's on this card. There's so much to talk about when we get to those later matches. I mean, let's not forget, we must talk about his his wrestling past in Japan. Sure, of course. Or he's famous the in Japan. Promo videos where they're just like, here's his face. Don't worry about the mask. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, everyone loves a luchador with a full <laughs> real name and people vignettes going, oh, when I was at college with this guy, he's pretty good at sport. So weird, yeah. So we are live on pay-per-view. Uh, Louisville Gardens in Louisville, Kentucky, USA. Yuck. What a horrible arena. It's not pretty, is it? It does not look good on video at all. The attendance was just under 5,000. Cage match has it down to 4,960. 63 people are commentators for the majority of the night i'd say <laughs> are vince jr and lawler but obviously jr uh abandons the commentary table halfway through the show shall we say due to loss i mean injury due to <laughs> other projects what do you think of the commentators always our first point i mean what throughout this show i remember why in the attitude era i quite enjoyed jerry lawler 
Yeah. The problem is, Jerry Lawler in 1997 is exactly the same as Jerry Lawler in 2020. <laughs> except now some of the things he says are certainly not all right. Um, and even back then, the three-man booth hasn't... I've never liked three-man booth. No, I prefer two. I get lost in the voices. Even with three voices, I distinctively yeah. know and have distinctive differences so you can tell who they are. But I'm really glad that I was very much paying attention for Vincent Manger and the Scott Pucks, uh, Scott Putsky brian christopher match yeah with a drop kick and he just went what a maneuver <laughs> just for a standing drop kick it was excellent but when you're talking about how they're competing with wcw and everything you can feel it in the commentary team because they're obviously starting to take that turn i need to sneeze hold on this is outstanding audio maybe i don't sneeze oh that's annoying i'll the, probably sneeze halfway through a sentence here. the problem is because you called out you were gonna sneeze <laughs> oh well shit happens so um <laughs> this is why feel. people listen They've gone from big gimmicky WWF into slightly more realism WWF. Yes. And, and you can see that the, the people are mentioning people by their real names quite often. They're a lot more soap opera-y, starting to be at least. And then people are starting to refer to Vince like he's the boss, not just the commentator or the introduction guy. So seeing, hearing that transition on commentary with Vince trying to pretend like he's not the boss... But everyone addresses him as the boss. It's it's really interesting, this commentary dynamic between the three of them. Yeah, they're really starting to build. Because, again, this is not the stage where we've had Austin, Stun McMahon yet. Yeah. This is where this is 1997 into 98 where we're going with Austin McMahon. But the dynamic, again, of one of the commentary points, said how well Vince McMahon started getting over. He's a bit of a shady character. I mean, we can all agree that Steve Austin's a fantastic athlete, but he's a son of a bitch for, <laughs> he's for a, doing that. He's a violent dude on this pay-per-view. Yeah. And he's over as fuck. I tell you what, the other thing to point out, though, so obviously I slightly alluded to the uh, the Louisville Gardens. Yeah. Like, red plastic seats, far too many walkways for a wrestling ring. It looks like with a hard cam, it looks like it's off-centre, or it's like they've put the ring off-centre. Yeah. But the fans are hot for so many things on this show. Mm. The reaction it's, Brian F Christopher gets yeah. is huge. Well, it, it's, he's a kind of local guy. Yeah, that obviously. Area, obviously so yeah, yeah. But it's huge there. Austin, when he appears at various points throughout this pay-per-view, considering he can't wrestle. And this is only when he's at IC title level, how yeah. hot he is as a commodity to that promotion. We're about a year into Austin getting over. Yeah. And it's, you can feel the pop growing. You know, you know what it's like now when he comes out. And like in 98, when he comes out, like you, you hear that glass smash. It's like eruption. But like here it's just like glass smashes. We wait. Here's Austin. Big kind of eruption. Like it's just but it's still, it's there, still you know? loud. Yeah, yeah, but of course. Yeah. Here's the thing to think about this time versus modern day WWE. Modern day WWE, if someone has that neck injury, they're off the road. They're yeah. not taking they're not involved in any part of the storyline. The fact he's here, like cutting promos, working people and stuff, not in matches, no. but he's physically interacting but with people. But can you imagine what would have happened if this if Vince Man gone, sorry Steve, you're injured, you've got to go home for nine months. This is a serious point in that if Austin had have gone home for nine months. Which he could have turned around and gone, I'm injured, I can't travel, I'm in too much pain. Probably would have doubled his career. Yeah, but it would have also been the death of WWE. That's the problem, isn't it? Because they are in a fierce battle with WCW at this point. Yeah, and the ratings, because Nitro started this time as well, they're starting to lose. So obviously, they've lost all of like Hall, Nash. Yeah. And as you said earlier, you can start seeing now the the real elements, the storylines which they're going for is 
America, ver- Canada versus America, or essentially Bre- evil Bret Hart Canadian with his Hart Foundation friends. Boo the <laughs> foreigners! Yay, America! <laughs> it's a real shame because obviously Sergeant Slaughter's a commissioner at this stage, and they don't have any foreign-looking talent, so they have to turn on Bret. <laughs> it's pretty much. Can we can can we pretend that uh, the the Undertaker's from Iraq? <laughs> I no. Mean, <laughs> quickly, I ring an announcer for the night. It's Howard Finkel laces out. Okay. Hello, a, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the He's pig. amazing. He's so good. With so, hair. Think with a little bit of hair. The best. Uh, the pay-per-view buy rate, see what we're talking about, is a 0. 0.45. Ugh. Which is not good. No, <laughs> not, not at good all. At all. But again, if you're thinking pay-per-views anyway, it's like WWE time around the uh the, the start of the Attitude Era in 1997, you're looking about 200,000 buys yeah. for a pay-per-view. If you're still thinking that's $20 a pay-per-view, that's not bad. Yeah, it's certainly um, is is a contribution. It's not gonna pull in the the profits at the end of the year, sort of thing, with the wages you're going to be paying and having to compete against Ted Turner's billions and such. Yeah, and that's why we're going to put all the pay per views on ESPN Plus or Peacock. Great, we'll cheers, Vince. <laughs> so, since we last left our courageous hero, Mr. <laughs> Brian Pillman, he's ended his time with WCW. He was with the Four Horsemen. He started to develop this loose cannon character and with the whole I respect you, Booker Man thing. Yes. um, I respect you, Booker Man. Sullivan. Thank you very much. And that whole storyline. If you don't know it, look it up. Really, really fun. Uh, So he starts to develop this loose cannon character. It's kind of off the wall, wacky. He's not just working the fans anymore. They're working people backstage. Working the promotions. Yeah. And it seems like Sullivan and Bischoff are in on this the whole time from listening to interviews with them. But until <laughs> well, this is really interesting. Have you listened to the 83 weeks where Bishop's talking? I have, about yeah. It? Okay, cool. So, the storyline we all know as fans, as marks, right, is that Pillman works Bishop into giving him a legit release from the company so he can go to ECW, get publicity, p- pimp his phone line thing that he's got going with, like, you know, you call in, you can chat to Brian Pillman and all this sort of shit. And then he's going to come back to WCW like the loose cannon character he is. And he's not meant to be there, etc., etc. That's the story we know because then he would dump his contract to go to WWF and be like, ha ha, I screwed <laughs> you out you. of it. It's, it's all real. Like, so they gave him this contract to try and convince everyone to break his contract, sorry. But Bischoff says that he wanted Pillman to go to the WWF because he had nothing for him and he couldn't justify paying him the wages Pillman yeah. wanted. So, I like to believe the Pillman story because <laughs> it's so much it's better. So good. It's such a good, like, why let the truth get in the way of a good story, you know? Especially, and you know, let's try and put some backing to it. I know a lot of people want to try and find reasons to believe things that may not necessarily be true. Yeah. Why WCW, with so much money, would not be able to pay Brian Pillman the extra money he wanted to keep him from going to WWE? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, turn down my phone, sorry. Because, <laughs> as you said, from a wrestling standpoint, especially in modern time, everyone knows what's a work, everyone knows what's fake. Sure. But the Pillman storyline still has that lovely bit of like urban legend about it of, well, no, Bischoff always forgets things. Bischoff doesn't say things that are correct. Yeah. Um, Bruce Pritchard doesn't ever remember anything. Like Cody recently said on um, like, um, a media call, he's like, I love Bruce Pritch, but everything he says is lies. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. But it, That's really good. Uh, like, the whole idea, I just want to believe, as you said, it's true that Pillman was like, oh, okay, Eric, I'll go to WCW <laughs> <laughs> while signing for Vince and joining this amazing storyline. And Vince in the background going, I've done it. <laughs> this is good shit. So 
Pillman was the first wrestler to sign a guaranteed downside contract with the WWF, which is huge. Yeah. That's a complete change in their entire business model. Again, changing the industry. Yep. Pillman is revolutionary. Yeah. In character, in development, in having the ability and his his willingness to try something else and to see what he can wrangle basically i mean considering where he was with the four horsemen he could have just rode that out for lack of a better term absolutely pun intended nice yeah um but he didn't he always wanted to evolve it's like people always give jericho the credit for always evolving and he does but pillman was exactly the same in the in the 90s and I guarantee you that's where Jericho's like, oh, he's always changing. Yeah. From show one of this trilogy to now, it's you can see the ability and such, and we'll talk about his, his life leading up to this point, but it, it's basically a different human being almost. Different human being, but so creative and yeah. so talented. In a positive way. Yeah. You know, it really is. So, well, sometimes. So um, he turns up WF, does this giant press conference, gets into a car accident that is horrifically bad. He is smashes, lucky to have survived. Absolutely smashes up half his face, basically tears his ankle apart, you know. It's, it's horrific. And so basically WF put him on commentary for a year. Uh, he does uh, Shotgun Saturday, Saturday night, yeah. all this sort of stuff. And um, did you watch the clip I sent you? Do you know I this? I didn't have time to watch it, no. So Brian Pillman is on commentary during a Road Dog and Brooklyn Brawler match. Classic <laughs> main event in Mania. <laughs> I give it five stars in the Tokyo Dome. On Shotgun Saturday night. And... A fan starts to harass Pillman. And this is how they transition him back into a wrestler. He drags this fan over the barrier <laughs> and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> the way they sell it with the crew coming down, the medics coming down, the commentary team jump off the table like, what are you doing, Brian? Like, it's obviously a plant. But the way he does it, it's amazing. He's literally got the guy on the floor and he's stabbing him in the forehead with a pen. Just going, <laughs> dee, 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 dee. It's fucking amazing. And again, that's... That's again we mentioned. That's the starting to cross the boundary into the reality, yeah. Because it made it look so legit, and the internet wasn't overly hot then. You had all the hotlines. You might have a couple of like web, like web sheets. You know, Melts would have probably been on there, and yeah, so sure, like sure. PW Torch would have been on there yeah. as well. But still, so basically, Pillman from this point onwards goes on to buddy up with Austin. He then turns on Austin. Uh, that might be before that incident, actually. I can't remember before they were after the crash, but basically this is the storyline. And so him and Austin are feuding, okay? Which leads to the classic... Gunny! <laughs> Pillman's got a fucking gun. <laughs> which That's again, the episode title, obviously. <laughs> my God. It's one of my favourite segments ever on Raw. The way they do it. The way, like, you know, Pritchard talks about it in his podcast. It seems like such a riot. The police were called. Even though they'd informed them, they still turned up to be like, what's this happening here? Gun I hear? You know, it's, it's insane. They came all the way out from Cop County, Georgia. <laughs> they were going to serve hard times. <laughs> so Pillman's a part of the Heart Foundation. They do this whole thing where... He's like cutting this amazing promo where he's like praying for the recovery of Bret Hart after his injury. <laughs> and Austin comes out to confront him. And it's a trap and the Hart Foundation pop out. And uh, it's just so, so much fun storyline. Which they, they pay off with the gun angle and everything. So Pillman's moved on at this point And he started to feud with our man gold dust Oh, yes. And so, um, oh, but also uh, just a little, little bit of background. So uh pillman's wife is currently pregnant at this point uh with their fourth with pillman's fourth biological kid player their second biological kid 
his sixth overall because Melanie had two kids already. And he's a genetic jackhammer per Vince McMahon. There we go. So, opening WWF video, instant nostalgia. Yes. I'm like, this is the best. Well, millions worldwide. <laughs> All this sort of bullshit. It's just like, oh, yes, when, please. Strap it to my veins. I'm in. Basically, when the, everyone encouraged The Rock to go and watch tapes, he was like, oh, to the millions around the world. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, Nailed sure. it. Obviously, where he's picked it up from, you'd yeah. imagine. Uh, as actually, there was a bit where one of these film promos I watched reads just like, the millions and all you people. I was like, <laughs> I thought he was going to say yeah. millions. I was like, oh, you can do it, yeah. So opening video package. Basically, it's uh, Shawn Michaels, Hart and Taker are involved. We can talk about the story when we get to it. Uh, HBK was the ref for the Brett Taker match and they in the smalls, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the fans are annoyed at HBK, who was a face leading into this, for helping Brett win the strap, even though he's an American and Brett's the evil Canadian. Um, so got, <laughs> Little did those two know. <laughs> so we're basically we're building between Sean and Taker for Sean's heel turn, which is happening. Taker's starting to be really over as a face. And this is going to be, for the first time ever, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels will face each other one-on-one on your st- and you're standing on ground zero. Hoo-yah! Talk about WCW bad grammar. <laughs> it's not good <laughs> even, but it is what it is. So, immediately, WCW levels of pyro. Yep. It's fucking ace. I love uh, this whole opening segment. 5th of November, straight away. It's like, bloody hell, this is too much. <laughs> the, the, uh, Hang on, no, only one of them was there. <laughs> the old TV cameras can't keep up with the pyro. It's yeah. <laughs> bleaching it out and stuff. It's Oh, it's so great. And the, uh, and the set. Let's talk about this set, yeah. right? Because this sets up for something later as well. Can you describe the set for me? So the rest of so you've got the aisleway down the center of the ring, heading back to the locker room. At the top of the ramp to the to the center on the left hand side, you essentially have a front room window of a house in the classic sort of white and pa- uh, pale baby blue sort of finishings on it and to the right you have a front door which is also the entrance curtain <laughs> oh it's so good with the in your house classic it's so much fun you can imagine the concept is like we're gonna make them feel like we're in their house with them how should we do this Vince what we're gonna do is we're gonna have their front room as the stage <laughs> what he should have really done specify one thing here oh. that there is also a front door in the middle of the stage as part of the house, the house design yeah it's the neighbor there we go. Carry on. What they should have done is ref like auctioned off the ability to, for people to watch the pay per view on a TV in the house, <laughs> whilst in the house. Well, WCW were doing their uh, what was it like college parties, you weren't they? Win the a college party at the show, so yeah. you get like a balcony box and stuff. There's some hilarious footage of that. It's absolutely great. But also, quick. I mean, the, we was don't. That this was that WCW. Was WCW, uh, WCW did yeah, that. Was, yeah. Quick fun point as well from in your house. The best thing in the the hat tip from the Lucha House Party where they had Lucha House Party and the In Your House logo still on their merch. Sure, yeah. It's the best thing Kalisto's ever done. <laughs> that promo is the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna really Lucha them. That's the one. House Party. Lucha House like it's the best promo even, ever. Even though Lince Dorado's under his mask he's like what the fuck have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so Vince, Lawler and JR welcome us to the show and set the scene for tonight. Still love the standing commentators as well. Really good. Beautiful. Do you notice behind them I got a security after usher a kid away yeah, doing yeah, WCW yeah, signs yeah. and such <laughs> throwing up like the wolf pack and the diamond cutter and such. It's fucking great man. Especially where the fans next to him were really buying into his case of <laughs> this kid. We are in the South. This is WCW <laughs> yeah. territory. So Vince's first line of the night. 
Oh, uh, sorry, his last line of the end, of introducing this first match with between Brian Pillman and Goldust, as we've mentioned before. Vince says, first up, ladies and gentlemen, Goldust against Marlena. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he meant to say. Hang on, you're not Mike Tanay. What's <laughs> happening? Yeah, Goldust against Marlena in the ring. You're like, hang on a tick. This is wrong. Uh, let's take you back now and show you some of the uh, uh, events that led up to this most unusual indecent Decent proposal match. Oh. So... One of the things I really love about this show is that almost every match gets like a little vignette before it explaining the storyline. And so you never feel lost. This happened, what, 23 years ago? Every single... Yeah, this is what I like about it. Because again, we've said in previous pods that if you're new to the product and your mate's just gone, I'll buy the pay-per-view, you now have a reason why these people are fighting. Yeah, absolutely. Granted, the one with like the the DOA, the nation... And Los Bariquas, <laughs> or the fight scene in Anchorman, <laughs> Pretty much. where they showed the same press slam on to crush his motorbike three times on the same vignette. Yeah. A bit overkill, but, but this but this one was beautifully done for the time. Everything has a story. Yeah. Everything is explained enough that no matter how you're coming into watching it, you understand. This is 23 years ago, and I know all I need to know I'm just watching this like two-minute vignette at the beginning. It's I can't wait to watch the Saudi show tomorrow when I'll know <laughs> nothing and care about nothing. <laughs> Their production is outstanding. I know we always go on about it, but WWF, whatever, at this time, is so much better than WCW. Do you know this time that David Sahadi was still doing video stuff for WWF, WWE at this time? Nice. Because I think it was, because he's the one who did all the video oh, packages. Are you asking or, me? Yeah, because oh, I don't know. I, know. I know who's around at this time doing a lot of their video work and all the promo packages. I think he was responsible as well for that That the really popular My Sacrifice one as well. I think he was to do it. And also the yeah, Kid yeah. Rock one. Yeah, sure, sure. But, I know. But but also like the the pre hype vignettes, the match vignettes were all yeah. I think David Zahardi doing them. Him and the team they have, the the rate they pump stuff out is incredible. Yeah. When they used to do like the slow mo packages at the end of like WrestleManias and things. I could never especially it's like, right, we we've we've gone off. Right, you need that belt shot. We've got thirty seconds to go. Get in, get in, get in. Yeah. Belt at the end. Watch any of those my sacrifice videos that were done after the day someone died. And you're just like, how did you get that emotion in less than 12 hours? I think they've probably got people on high risks. <laughs> just label them up. Yeah. Ready to go. For example, like they've got the Ric Flair one ready. It's like, how many times oh, are you going to avoid death? Yeah, sure. So Michael Cole's doing our voiceovers. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that gimmick in. Leave, it, leave him alone. He's a, he's a serious war correspondent. He is shit at this point. He's even worse today. <laughs> ah, no, no. That's not very nice. That's not fair. I, I just don't like what can i say uh so this show happened uh, 23 years ago uh it's brilliant it's so much fun so pillman uh, claims dakota marlena goldust kid is actually pillman's love child with marlena coming from a real relationship they actually had prior to this so working from reality again like yep. making the changes this is not earthquake and typhoon and the beverly's anymore <laughs> this is no real stuff going on and obviously having a f- vignette of gold dust without face paint on being as you said dustin not yeah. gold dust i keep referring to him as dustin i'm just like I, I don't know how i feel about this like i loved his flamboyance we're not sure whether what he is or how androgynous he is or was how vince would you refer to him as and then you got him sitting there with his hot wife talking about their kid like out of paint in just like cowboy gear and like yeah. oh i kind of lost the character a little bit yeah at this stage you're like especially for a character like gold dust you're thinking why yeah. Now, why am I going to buy into this guy in face paint and doing all this uh, risque stuff 
when he's just a lad in gold paint. It's 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 like they're experimenting with how else they can tell the yeah. story. How does this work? Does this work? Does this this level of reality work? Or are we going to keep this character going? And you can tell they didn't like this so much because he goes back to being Goldust quick. Yeah, and his face paint wasn't on point at this stage. No. He's got a lot better at face paint 23 years later. Sure. Uh, Terry Reynolds in the bikini? Milf? How yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we know how I feel about Terry Runnels. <laughs> if you've watched the Super Quiz Cups. Sure. So this promo... That's why I said it. Uh, this promo ends with Pillman in a gold dress in the middle of the ring, going, if you give me one more match, I'll leave the WWF forever. Translation, I'm staying and you're losing. What this doesn't explain is we let it go on, Sam. This match is for the... Shall we put it as the services of Melina? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I wish they'd got that over in the promo. That's the one little criticism I have. Uh, yeah, but again, they, they did a fair enough job of it during commentary. Yeah, I'd say so. So, the Indecent Proposal match, Goldust with Marlena versus the loose cannon, Brian Pillman. We should have also mentioned as well prior to this uh, video that Brian Pillman had lost the match, so he had to wear a dress oh, for a period of time, and that's what the dress was, was for. Cool, cool. I remember that. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, I wasn't watching it this time. I came in like early 98, oh, okay. 97. Yeah, this wasn't Perry Saturn who was just wrestling in a dress because he was like, why not? No, this, this all predates my fandoms. So this is amazing. Okay. Seeing how stuff gets set up to what I remember seeing. So, yeah, I just loved so much about this show. It's, it's a lot of nostalgia building for me. So, uh, the Goldust entrance is fucking incredible. They changed the aspect radio, so it's all anamorphic. Yeah. The slow frame rate, the sparkly gold pyro and stuff. Melina on his arm with the Clinton cigar, shall we put it? <laughs> 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 Nicely done. So great. That's after the Clinton thing. It's a beautiful entrance. Yeah, it's so perfect. And at the time when they had the Goldust character introduced, such a brave thing to do. Because a lot of... Were they, on, were they still in USA in 97? yeah. There was a lot of criticism from their network of having such a character mm. on TV, especially with the bits he was doing with Ahmed Johnson, sure. where he was going for his Johnson. Yeah, there's lots of that stuff going on. I think Ahmed was happy about that storyline at all. The kiss, definitely. <laughs> he was definitely a fan of the kiss. So they pan across the commentary teams, and I'm like, oh, El Matador is on commentary, <laughs> the master of the flying burrito himself. I'm so glad as well the French commentary team are still the French commentary team as well. <laughs> I'm just going to turn myself up. Hold on, my mic's fine. delightful so uh pillman comes out and immediately huge booze for him he's hated he is not well, liked at all essentially he's going after someone's daughter yeah. oh, hang on she's mine <laughs> it's it's uh kind of the opposite of what um ray dominic eddie guerrero was no no i'm thinking <laughs> really modern so uh velveteen and roderick Oh See yeah, yeah, because he's got um, Marina's face on his tights. It's so weird. He's the face going after the guy's kids. <laughs> like, hang on a tick. How does this work? Uh, wrestling. <laughs> My mic's way too loud now. I'm going to take it down a little bit. Oh, this is fun. The pleasures of modern technology. But that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like the booing that Pillman has for someone who was starting to get over as a bit of a bit of a popular character because like Austin he was just tearing through people who was starting to become a bit of a cool heel yeah it was very clever booking from also aligned with the evil Canadian Heart Foundation yeah in Kentucky so but very clever trying to switch it by going okay 
he's going to start messing with someone's family and kids. Sure. So he's uh, Pillman is in black on black tights, black cut off t shirt with a metal band sort of design on it. Saxon. You can't really see because it's old video, you know. But yeah. I tried to make it out. I'm assuming Slayer. <laughs> it looked like Slayer or Saxon or something. Uh, that he takes off a few minutes into the match, so he's just like length, um, leg long tights, black on black. Black Completely boots. different guy to what yeah. we saw previously. He's not flying anymore. No, he know? is firmly on base. But again, that will be because of the accident. Absolutely, man. But the fact it's after that accident that he can still, one, look in that great shape and two, move around the ring like he does. Yeah. He adapted his style fantastically. You can tell he's not as fluid or capable as he was. I think that's fair to say in the match. I think based on what we've seen for the last two episodes we've watched of him he's certainly not as pacey yeah but then he's making up for it more in facials in character and considering what he'd been through he had no business being anywhere near the level he was in the ring absolutely i i enjoyed the pace of the match i really loved the match it's silly slapstick kind of at times very very serious at times pillman's working of the crowd is perfect builds so everything good. screaming at people working them flopping around when he needs to you know he's absolutely great it's just he's not springboarding up to the top rope anymore and you can understand why he almost lost his fucking ankle <laughs> i i don't think it's needed for that sort of character he's, he's supposed heel. to be heel yeah absolutely yeah. so um goldust jumps pillman and off we go uh goldust drops pillman crotch first on the top rope and i'm like no dq god damn it hebner so, <laughs> damn it hebner <laughs> austin suit oh so Pillman goes to the outside and goes to suplex Goldust on the ramp. And he turns him around. I'm like, I've seen someone do this before. <laughs> Goldust reverses the suplex. I'm like, so that's where Austin got that spot from. It's yeah. like Austin used that spot in every single match ever. I'm assuming in tribute to Brian Pillman. I think so. I didn't know. Like, it's, it's so cool seeing that happen on the ramp. When I love that spot. When I saw it, I thought, Austin? Yeah, absolutely. It's just the best. Or he stole it from Austin, either way. Yeah. Like, it's a really lovely thing Like to see this correlation between these two guys, you know? Uh, Goldust crotches Pillman on the ring post. Ref, no disqualification. Damn it, Hebner! Thank <laughs> you. Hebner, in two months' time, you're about to fuck over Brett. You could at least, like, cause this DQ, you prick. So, uh, I would have done what he did anyway. So It's I all about the money. Can't hold it against him. Uh, so, Pillman has some of the best chops ever, even, like, with the, all the stuff that's happened to him. His chops are incredible in this match. One of the best. Yep. I, I think... I don't think... We, it's not just because we're covering this trilogy, and I, I run out of superlatives, considering what the man had been through personally and personally to be able to go at this level and still have this level of character yeah yes a lot of it is an extension of him now at this time in 1997 but he easily watching back this trilogy should be considered and in my opinion is considered top 10 yeah in ring workers of all time imagine the awesome damage he could have done in the Attitude Era for the WF. Yeah. He would have been him, main event Him and Austin regular. would have main eventing of WrestleMania based on how they are. Imagine him, Rock, Austin, Taker, Sean. Oh my God, what a main event oh. scene you would have, you know? Pillman Taker would have been amazing. Jesus Christ, if they could hold on to people like Brett and Owen and stuff as well. Like, fuck me, this could have been amazing. Uh, if they just had that little bit more money and that little bit more negotiating skill to not fuck everyone over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just even thinking now, having Owen Pillman at a top tier level in Jeez. WWE, if both of those stayed around. Yeah. 
could have been so so good so there's a spot here where i absolutely adored so um hillman's going for a camel clutch on gold dust gold dust manages to stand up and to do an electric chair and like take note of this spot because it's a quite a rare spot to see and it's not the last time we'll see it on this show. <laughs> so slow build claps clap clap from the fans they're massively into it uh the not hard... inspired by the face as well the thing we hate let's it's, stop it's all... clapping yeah. they just do it by themselves yeah. like it's great the hard cam is literally shaking with the noise of the crowd it's so cool to see man they get this crowd riled up pillman up top gold dust crotches pillman again <laughs> focusing on the story damn it Hamner! <laughs> but that focus on like you said you fucked my wife. I'm going to take out your dick. <laughs> it's a great story. Mr. Yamaguchi-san was <laughs> kicking around as well. It's so fucking perfect. Uh, Pillman threw it into the guardrail from the top rope. And I'm like, ref, disqualification, please. God damn it, Hemner. Oh, my word. And he took it. He yeah. took it. Just recoiled off that guardrail. He was in a car crash where he almost lost his life, like, months ago. He's off the top rope, smashing into the guardrail face first. It's really good that New Japan Jeez. bought those guardrails as well and still use them at shows today. They <laughs> <laughs> need some better guardrails. They need to get rid of that fucking step on the side of the ring as well. Mm. Ah, so Marlena up on the apron now. Oh, Slaps hello. Pillman. What the fuck, Hebner? Like, come on, <laughs> damn it. Goldust uh, sets up for the curtain call, his uh, educa- education thing, yeah. the reverse DDT thing he does. Uh, but Pillman accidentally takes out Earl Hebner. God damn it, Earl. <laughs> Damn it, Hemner. Ref bump in the opening match. Come on. Who's booking this shit? Marlena up on the hardest part of the ring. Swings her handbag at Pillman. Pillman grabs the handbag. Thief! Smashes it over gold dust. God damn it, Hebner. Why are you not paying attention? For the one, two, three. And our winner of the Indecent Proposal match. Winning his first match on this trilogy? Yep. I think he lost the first one, didn't he? And no! Marlena's owner. <laughs> so weird <laughs> brian pillman wins the match so pillman immediately abducts marlena post-match well no no it's not an abduction he won her it, it's done like an abduction she's struggling to get away running to her husband and such. she signed the contract did she well she better have done if not <laughs> didn't her owner sign the contract some, some, her owner <laughs> i think that's what they're implying hang on hashtag give divas a chance like me too you know what i mean like <laughs> That's what I said with Melina. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So uh, this match was for Melina, apparently. Uh, so uh, he gets him for th- gets her for 30 days. So, yeah, prostitution, basically. Everyone loves a bargain. This is fine. <laughs> I guess. I, I like the know. fact that they still carried on the story of Goldust chasing out through the curtain, yeah, through yeah. Gorilla, and then chasing the car, which miraculously sped away, even though he's legitimately won her services for 30 days. <laughs> legitimately. I know it's kayfabe, but the whole thing is so stupid. Uh, But that is, the match was great. Um, uh, There's even the bit where Lawler takes the handbag, goes, gets it ringside, and whips out a brick from the handbag. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, nice. I did that that at an SCPW show when I gave Two-Tone my briefcase when I was a briefcase wanker. He swung at Meathead, knocked him out, got the win, opened the briefcase, revealed a brick, (laughs) phone brick. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Pillman for the win, man. Love it. Or Goldust Malena for the win, whatever. So, uh, yeah, as you say, uh, so Lawler continues to sell this stuff on commentary. He says, can you imagine what's going on on the front seat of that car? Pillman's quite the magician. I've seen him turn his car into a motel before. And you're like, you're a fucking creep, Lawler. Jesus Christ. And also, come on, 
road safety laws. <laughs> if he's doing anything in the front of the car, he needs to have a like a registered taxi driver. Yeah. So we've got this edgy soap opera style storytelling. It's brilliant. It's so much fun. Really, really, really fun. There's almost three or four things in the match which are kind of like, oh, that was good. But the rest is a lot of just strikes and kicking Pillman in the bollocks, you know? But that's the aggressive nature needed for the story. Exactly. They're doing what, exactly what's needed for this. You know, like, again, the storytelling, it's, it's, it's almost like because they haven't got 15 hours of wrestling to book that week that they can work out how a story is actually being told. Yeah. It's, it's so good. You can see them fighting against WCW. Like, what have we got to do to beat these guys? Hat tip to Goldust as well. Because if you look at this feud with Pillman... The stuff he did with Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. The stuff he did with Piper. Brilliant. Go- the stories that Goldust have been involved in were the best soap opera stories that actually got people involved. It's the modern day Rusev Lana Lashley jazz. Yep, you lead on to the Mark Merrow stuff with Sable yeah. and Luna and like the Jacqueline stuff and all that sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, it's just so much fun, man. Goldust trilogy! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could do that down the line. So, so, um, including when he's in TNA, because did you know that Relic is killer spelled backwards? Him and his bin bag. <laughs> so, um, Wait, no, Molina's in the car with Pilman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we'll go over uh, some Pilman stuff right at the end of the pod, kind of yeah. have a round up, but let's move on to our next match. Okay. okay. Did you like the match? Yeah, you loved it. Blah, I loved blah, the match. Cool. I said it's, it's Pilman in it. It's got everything that I need. Okay. And, but then... Oh my word, onto a forgotten wrestler on the next match. So we've got Scott Putski, son of Ivan Putski, the Polish power, Ivan Putski, Polish hammer? Polish hammer. There you go, Ivan Putski, versus Jerry's kid. (laughs) (laughs) Too sexy, Brian Christopher, as he's called at this point. More modern fans may know him as Grandmaster Sexy or Brian Christopher or whatever. I think you find it's Grandmaster Sexy. Sexy, there we go. Scott Putski, Jesus, what a fake ten. Yeah, he is... Dark. When he debuted, like more orange than Hogan orange, you know. Think of Ultimate Warrior's physique, Scott Putsky. He is ripped, but like five foot tall. He is, and and cruiserweight. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's definitely below two fifteen. In in a a, no, no, it was two fifteen. Oh, was it? Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) But no, it's um, it's amazing that. Back then, in a world in a world where wrestlers are supposed to exaggerate their weight, me walking around at two hundred twenty five pounds, he's walking around at two fifteen. <laughs> Fuck off! You should go with two 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 so the commentator can go, the announcer can go, weighing in at two hundred and twenty two pounds. <laughs> it's a good gimmick. I've got beef with the announcer now, so it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a quick video package of the Spike Pile Driver delivered by the Lawler Boys. As I'm going to refer to them as. Well, no, no, no. It's not Jerry's kid. He's just a big fan of Brian Christopher. But They've got similar physiques as the Lawler over on commentary. It's, it's a weird concept. Lawler sitting on commentary going, no, that's not my kid. Doesn't even look like me. Like, I'm going to disown him, basically. <laughs> it's... And ev- everyone's like, JR going, did you discuss this over family dinner? <laughs> He's not my kid. <laughs> and Vince Man going, here's your kid. No? <laughs> it is some fun stuff. But like, yeah, I felt sorry for Brian Christopher almost there. It's like, there's an element of reality to it. Yeah. You know? But it's also, I, I just enjoy, I enjoy the, the King basic oblivious of, no. <laughs> but it, but it is nope. At least some really fun stuff and commentary gives them stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know? uh, Brian Christopher is an amazingly disgusting heel. He's like licking his bicep and <laughs> I think he does. Think early David Starr. 
when he started making the UK indies. How I think dirty David Starr is pleasant compared to the Grandmaster <laughs> yeah. Sexy at this point. He's horrible. Grandmaster Sexy, though, she said, like, licking and making out of his bicep. It's disgusting. <laughs> I got hard. <laughs> it's genuinely rancid at times, his character. Like, it's horrible. But it worked. Yeah, it's in a brilliant way. Yeah. You can see why they focused on him as one of their cruiserweight guys the next, like, five, six years to come. Like, him and Tucker, 14 and stuff, you know? Do you remember the time where he came back for a random battle royal and won a number one contendership for the WWF title? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. And, okay. and then, I, then I think he was suspended the next week, so oh. it never followed through. Uh, yeah, that sounds... Unfortunate of the yeah. time. So Brian Christopher goes for the Polish hammer on Putski, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do that. He, anyway. he's, gone, he's gone to the tape library. <laughs> I'm skipping through a lot of this, man, because yeah. it's pretty much a nothing match. Uh, well, uh, until the legit injury. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Putski, well, we'll see. So Putski <laughs> does the Frankensteiner just like Scott did on our first episode by dumping himself onto <laughs> his own head. It's fucking great. Now, Brian Christopher does a house show dive onto Putski on the outside. Uh, Putski immediately grabs his knee, which they show on the replay a few times. Uh, Potsky, uh, sorry, Brian Christopher goes to pick up Potsky, but Potsky sandbags. He's like, nope, I'm, I'm laying here. Please leave me the fuck alone for a few minutes. Uh, seems like a legit in- injury. Uh, the ref and Brian Christopher chat in the ring, work it out. Ref counts to nine. Yeah, then rolls to out. the outside, goes to chat to Potsky because he's not like, I'm not going to screw you over if you, you think you can get back in there, you know, which you probably should have just counted to 10, let's face it. Yeah. Uh, calls for the bell. Your winner by injury. Yeah, too too sexy. It's, it's what the well. what the thing said. Your winner by injury. Yeah, weird one. It's should, um, as you said, should have just counted to the ten. So Lawler goes to Phil after the match and grabs a mic. And Vince is obviously like, "Go do something." So Lawler grabs the mic, goes and fills and talks at Putski and stuff, and it says this line on commentary. I wrote it down here. Uh, his knee is up where his thigh should be, and if you look at the com- look at the replay, yeah. you can see his knee pops. It goes whoop and slides up his leg, and you're like. Ugh. <laughs> disgusting then they showed the close-up with his knee pad off as well <laughs> horrible but that's that's it was Poor unfortunate because i think because this was the time they're going to get in people like tucker um and, and the rest of the, the cruisers to do with sort of the light heavyweight division yeah this is probably why it's 215 because it was light heavyweight rather than cruiser at 205 sure good stuff <laughs> got those numbers coming in but yeah he he could have been quite good he had a a decent name in the business to help him. Yeah. But after this, he left WWE shortly after this injury. Yeah. Appeared in WCW for a couple of couple of shots, and again, same thing. Just left a couple of couple of times later. I think he reemerged in 2013 for a couple of indie shots, and that was about it. I was really enjoying the match. Really solid face heel. It's funny that the fans kind of boo Putski at the beginning of the match because he's yeah. not their local boy. But they they get the crowd on board. There's some fun spots. You know, it's good cruiserweight action. You know, sorry, light heavyweight. It's cruiser action that I enjoyed because there's a story in the ring. It's not just high flying flippy shit for no reason. Yeah. But be careful of those house show dives. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, it's you've got to say um, Putski should have stepped forward into it. Yeah. Brian Christopher shouldn't have thrown his back at Potsky. Because he, he, yeah, when he when we, when he did the house show dive, he sort of tried to do, you know sometimes how Jeff Hardy or Matt Hardy does the little like spinny jump over the top right and the do yeah. house show dive. I think he was trying to reach Potsky because he was over by the guardrail and like, not yeah. underneath, you know what I mean? So I, I don't think anyone's to blame here really. It's unfortunate, but they... they... Yeah, Potsky's fault, you're right. <laughs> there we go. So <laughs> I would like to have seen more of these two. It's a shame. So Vince says this line. 
let's have a look at some faction action. And yeah. I'm like, fuck off, Vince. Insider terms. <laughs> yes. Faction action. Faction action. Oh, that's very 70s carny bullshit sort of levels of, here's a promo, faction action. Add bash at the beach you know <laughs> in my hawaiian shirt presenting bollocks or whatever translation ladies and gentlemen match number three before the uh, after the vignette race wars it's time for our race war triple threat match of the <laughs> night of savio vega versus crush versus fruk again we get another great well good video package <laughs> that explains what's going on well does it it's more like oh we've we someone's bought an early version of gta and now they've decided <laughs> they've decided what yard wars are I, I basically got this what i got from this video package was it's white supremacist bikers versus black panthers versus los Boricuas, <laughs> who are from puerto rico thank you very much so we get a match graphic before this match that uh, tells it's a triple threat. Between The Undertaker, Farouk, and <laughs> Savio Vega. <laughs> Not Biker Taker yet. Uh, all three men get to be in the ring, but the first four wins. I like the match graphic. Mm. It's because they've adopted the um, the triple threat rules more often now. This is rarely seen before yeah. this, wasn't it? It was really ECW doing their three-way, three-way dances dance. that led to this. So to have a little explanation up, it's great. Like I, I'm, I'm I like this. I think it's it was good. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. uh, so crushes. Fake transfer tattoo on his forehead. We should so again the video package. So it's Los Bariquas, which is Savio Vega and Los Bariquas. Yep. Uh, the nation, which at this stage was Farouk, The Rock, D'Lo, and Kummer. Yeah. Did I not say this? Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I don't think and, I did. And the disciples of Apocalypse, which was Crush, Chains, and two racists. Yep. Two literally guys have SS tattoos on their arms. Yep. Cheers, the Harris brothers. Uh, apparently, they're not anymore and regret the tattoos and all that sort of stuff. Get but it like, covered up then. Get that's it covered up. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, the whole time when I remember seeing this for the first time, being like, oh, wow, you're douchebags. Yeah. yeah. Hello, welcome to the world of Polynesian tattoos. Well, just have the whole thing covered over black. Fucking A, man. So, uh, immediately, Crush comes out and has this shitty tattoo thing on his face. I'm like, oh, that's not going to last. Riding a motorbike. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. Good fun to the ring. I'm one of three motors. Well, so, sorry, one of four different people who ride motorbikes to the ring in WWE. Can you name all four? So, obviously, Crush. So, Crush. And the DOA. DOA, they count as one. Yep. Okay. So, Biker, Taker. Yep. LOD. Yep. Ride a bike to the ring. Yep. It depends what you classify as a bike. Motorbike. Oh. I was going to go. Not an ATV. <laughs> no. <laughs> Motorbike to the ring. Who's last on? Um, no, lost me. Chuck Palumbo after the split with Billy and Chuck. Oh, he did a bike gimmick, didn't he? Yep. I remember that. Oh, God. I was close. I got three. Chuck Palumbo also <laughs> did a show on the Discovery Channel about doing up cars. It's like Pimp My Ride, but it's Chuck Palumbo running a car garage best six episodes i ever watched <laughs> times three series amazing oh chuck awesome. palumbo had to go and take independent dates to keep his garage alive and that was part oh, of the thing on the tv that's show not good <laughs> <laughs> so because well, we're in the south here uh basically the white supremacists are the baby faces <laughs> i mean i don't want to say it but this is the story they're telling so he's constantly being ganged up on by farouk and savio vega savio vega what can i be described as wearing a lovely little bit of chino and gym vest top. It's delightful, isn't it? Uh, I love the Los Bariquas gimmick. Like the dude with the hairy back. Oh, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one, but yeah. <laughs> so Crush kind of walks through. The base of the match is fucking dog shit. Oh, it's awful. It's terrible. 
<laughs> so there's this moment where I think it's Farouk's going for a pinfall uh, on um, Savio. And Crush kind of walks through the pinfall, missing the breaking it up because Savio's already kicked. I kind of just stands next to them or over them. Farouk gets up and is like, what the fuck are you doing? I just punches him in the bollocks as hard as he can i have never laughed so much in my life oh it's so funny knowing how much of a like a brutal bastard fruit can be from seeing the doom match we watched on show one of this trilogy to seeing the guy stand up and go what the fuck are you doing bang and it's bollocks basically they it took three years to return and that's when it was in chronic <laughs> so uh crush's face tattoos rubbing off <laughs> he's obviously not committed to the cause as we thought he was you know what i hate on motorcyclists henna tattoos <laughs> <sighs> i got a big audible for fuck's sake out of this bit crush and farouk repeat the stand up from the camel clutch position into the electric chair spot <laughs> we saw one match ago fucking hell boys like watch the monitor or pay attention at least to the match before yours you know like that's a rare spot don't do it twice in two matches yeah that's vince on commentary is like oh this feels familiar (laughs) (laughs) at least vince is burying it oh i've literally written end this please this match is the worst this has been one of the worst matches of this trilogy it's like they forgot the finish i think they did forget the finish they went an extra five minutes of just like do a clothesline Break up a pinfall. Do a close <laughs> Break up a pinfall. You're like, what are you doing? Crush is, Crush is literally just walking around the rings at the time, doing his hair, looking pissed off. Do you think, uh, trying to bring a sensible type of conversation to this match, because the in-ring action certainly didn't. Okay. Do you think had The Rock not joined the nation, Farouk would have been a WWE champion with how hot the nation wow. wears heels? Um, really interesting, potentially. Um, I think at this point he's starting to feel a bit mid-cardery. Okay. He hasn't quite got the promo. I think that's because he's now being overshadowed by the rock on promo. But you compare it to how Sean and Austin and Pillman are oh, doing true. their promos. Fruit's nowhere near that level. They they missed they missed a shot with him when he came in. I think Karma's a better promo than Farouk. He's always been a better promo than anyone. Yeah, he's a good promo. But even when he's doing evil stuff, yeah, he's he quality. looks menacing. Delo is a hell of a promo. He, when he stopped shaking his head, yeah, sure, that's part of the promo. And the thing we should, <laughs> with the thing we forgot to mention, they got over on commentary is that Savio and Crush were originally in the nation. Oh, they were. They, they they mentioned it at one point. They had this bit where um, Vince suggests that um, Crush may rejoin the nation at some point. I don't know if you saw it in commentary, but he did yeah. say that. But then he also says. Vince goes, Farouk may join the DOA. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Because Farouk loves Triumphs and Titans and Harleys. Might be a problem with that one. I I enjoyed as well. So, oh, and here comes Crush riding the Harley. Not riding a Harley, he's riding a Titan. Oh, well noticed. There you go. So, uh, Crush does a heart punch to Farouk out of literally fucking nowhere. I love the heart punch, but this spot has no build, no context whatsoever. They've run over five minutes. It's like, forget the match and Farouk's gone. If I can kill him, maybe we could just go home. Savio basically runs in, misses a spinning heel kick on Crush for the one, two, three. (laughs) Fucking hell. Savio pins Crush for the victory. And the thing is as well, Savio Vega's a really good talent. I like Savio Vega. It's... These these three have no idea how to work a triple threat at this point. This match stinks of 
We'll call it out there, boys. Yeah. Oh, we're all pros Absolutely. now. We'll call it out there. Hundred percent. And when calling it out there, they've gone. Hang on. How does this work? What's Crush doing here? <laughs> Who's the heel? And Sabio Vega's going. I don't know. What's the white supremacist doing here? <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's all right. It's tattoos for him. Isn't he the guy who used to wear neon purple and yellow tights? Vince is the best here. He says this line. None of these men will ever be the same again. <laughs> like, Instantly after that, the DOA broke up. Then Rock overtook him in the nation. Savio Vega went back to Puerto Rico. Oh, so much fun. So, uh, yeah, the match is shit. But the, the funny bits are good, you know? I was expecting more from the other faction members. Yeah, sure. I imagine run-ins, mayhem. But considering what happens at the end of the night, yeah. again, we're not doing the same shit over and over and over again. Unless it's camel clutch and electric chairs. Well, yeah, there is that. I did enjoy it. I should have mentioned this at the beginning, the promo. I like the fact they had the nation standing outside the door go, we do our promos where we want. And then shortly after the next cut scene was, Lois Brick was walking down the same alleyway, but the nation weren't there. <laughs> the same one that uh, Marlena and Goldust and Pillman yeah. drove out of earlier. And the same one that Ben Stiller arrived in during Anchorman. <laughs> Spanish news team. <laughs> so we get a lovely ad here for Austin's first home video. Oh, the and they hadn't blocked out the number. No, and the uh, didn't they not? No. Oh, okay, interesting. But it's it's the the classic WrestleMania Brett thing with the blood bleeding down yeah. his face, like yeah, in color as well on the couldn't network. Put, couldn't put that on a box these absolutely days. No, absolutely not. So the USA boxing team is here for some reason. Yay. But fuck all that shit. Here comes a midget in a bull costume. <laughs> Hang on, doesn't he wrestle in OWE now? <laughs> Torino. <laughs> yeah, El Torito, who a who basically dropped a ton of weight for his t- early 2010 run in WWE. <laughs> he's reversed age 20 years, apparently. He's this basically guy is ben- El Torito. He's Benjamin Buttoned himself. It can't be the same El Torito. It is not the same El Torito. Let <laughs> he's me do a bit a quick wider, look. this guy. This, you know? this guy here is El Torito with guacamole. <laughs> okay. Right. This El Torito... Um, Oh, he's sadly no longer with us. Oh, that's a shame. He he's outstanding in, in this match. He's a Mexican mini, and he goes by the ring names. He was um, um, <laughs> Centilita. <laughs> okay. Um, es- uh, I es- bet his tag team partner was Meter or something like that. <laughs> he was also Mini Vader. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. I remember that. Mini Vader and Mongrel El Torito and Pandita Chiquita. Oh, brilliant, man. He is... This match is fucking awesome. He bought in, so, like El Torito bought into his bull character with like the sniff, the twitch. Torito comes to the ring, charges at me and Gene, and I'm like, "Consider me in. I am totally in for this match." <laughs> Weighing 83 pounds, Torito's uh, opponent for the night is Max Mini. It's a really good that they did a Max Moon spin-off. <laughs> is that the, what it is? For the tiniest Power Ranger in all the land. <laughs> so JR says this brilliant line: "Max Mini, the world's smallest." athlete comparing uh you know preparing for his yeah big show days or whatever uh, i've literally just written five star match <laughs> at the top of this right so and uh max mini also wrestled as baby rabbit okay because i remember him from the the mini matches in the later like 98 stuff they yes because he because he, he wrestled as mini ray mysterio jr when they had the minis oh, okay, around there nice. he also wrestled and max as, mini because i remember this character yeah, he was max like mini, the star mini dragon and um Mascarito Sangrada Jr. Oh, that's uh, that's a serious, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Suki T Z U K I. Cool, awesome. So, just just to say, right, solid heel face, crazy spots. The crowd are massively into it. There's bum biting, brutal stiff strikes, world of sports style wrist lock spots, 
Max Mini starts biting the ref's bum. Cue the Benny Hill music because the ref chases Max Mini around the ring. Who then jumps on Lawler's lap, steals his crown, puts it on his head. <laughs> jokes, jokes for days. Max Mini on Lawler's lap. You're like, um... <laughs> JR going, Careful. is that another one of your kids? Gore, <laughs> <laughs> gore, gore. Torito gives Max Mini a powerbomb for the ages in this match. He powerbombed him through the fucking ring. He powerbombed Futa next week. <laughs> Brutal, man. Uh, this is basically how NXT matches are now, but with a good heel face <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear god oh, Vince to Lawler as the match is going on what were you thinking when Max Mini was sitting on your lap I mean like come on Vince <laughs> do you really want the answer to that question Max Mini pulls out a fucking acai moonsault from the second rope to the outside of the ring holy shit this is awesome victory roll off the top into like a powerbomb sort of combination no sold again for the second show in a row you bastards <laughs> or third show whatever uh stalling sunset flip by max mini holds on to el torito for the one two three winner is max mini the right one went over we've needed we need a face win i forgot how good these two were this is the most fun I've had watching a wrestling match in a long time. And this isn't considering one of my uh, previous uh, employers uh, run with the Dwarfinators. No. This is very good mini wrestling. This is legit lucha, super high flying. They work some incredible technical spots, comedy stuff thrown in for good measure. They sold for fuck's sake. You yeah. know? It's like, it's great. The powerbomb and how Max Mini was like, I'm dead. <laughs> Yeah, the interaction with Lawler and stuff and everything else. Like, the spots they threw into this was... I, I just can't rave on about how good this was enough. And they were given a fair amount of time. I wrote down the um, I wrote down the time. It was at least 10. I think it was more like 15, though. Yeah, 9.21, bell to bell. There you go. But, but with, with entrances, entrances and all the shenanigans... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So JR doing a Max Mini impression, which is the weirdest thing ever on commentary, goes, I want to wear your... <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> he's, Do it again. He's trying to say... I want to wear your crown, king. Yeah. But what he actually says is, I want to wear your king. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure Lola wants it the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wrong to say, but yeah, fuck it, who cares. So um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this match. I adored so much about it. I can't remember when the minis came in, the, the minis left, the WWF. But seeing this match here, just as a something to break up a show, high-flying, high-octane, fun, slapstick, but also good wrestling. I mean, Torito working the crowd as the heel. He's brilliant at it. The be one of the better heels on the card. Yeah, he's constantly winding them up, teasing them, like slapping his ass and goring the referee when he wants to. Yeah, the, the twitch as he's like sniffs the rope and just hits his head against it as well. It's Monty Brown-esque in terms <laughs> of like his character. You and know? he hit a bounce! <laughs> Slowly, can you imagine? Max Mini, wee! <laughs> like flying across the ring. Keith Lee style, send him into the audience. I want more of these Sito wrestlers. Do you think we could Absolutely. find... Uh, a Cito show purely just to cover. Do you reckon that would oh, be? Oh, um, there's lots of lucha shows that have Cito wrestlers on them because it's mainly like CMWL that uh, these guys these I guys work for AAA and CMWL. I think they work for pretty much everyone. You know, they're around definitely. We, I was thinking we should maybe do an indie lucha show at some point. Ooh, so we've never done an indie yeah. Mexican show. I don't even know what's out there. Apparently, there's thousands of promotions. Of course, there is. But oh yeah, of course, it's a very Mexican tradition, obviously. But how the video production is, or how available they are, is another question. But we'll see. If, if you know of any independent Mexican wrestling promotions or any videos of it, or know where you can find them, let us know at World of Rest Pod on Twitter or 
um, World of Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. That's the one. So, we cut to a video package now of Owen breaking Austin's neck with the sit-out Tombstone Power Driver video package. Yuck. Disgusting. <laughs> Filth. That, that finish where Owen's like, roll me up, roll me up, and Austin's like, I can't move. It's it's Owen's work is incredible. I w- Steve Austin rolling him up was still better than anything in the Farouk Crush Savio Vega match. Fucking A. So, Sergeant Slaughter now reading a legal statement saying Austin isn't allowed to wrestle, but Austin's a tough son of a gun and is going to try and wrestle no matter what. Because uh, they're trying to keep him over, but yeah, yeah, I'm just like, no shit, he broke his fucking neck. Of course, he shouldn't be wrestling. I mean, in fairness, Kurt Angle won a gold medal with it, so what's Austin moaning about? Broken freaking neck, man. So, Sergeant JR in the ring now. Uh, they've got to strip the tag titles off the current champions, who are an injured Steve Austin and Dude Love, who we put over at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, who's in his hippie gear, but with black sweats and trainers, because it's Mick Foley. <laughs> yeah. And leading up to this, they they said that dude love could continue to defend the tag titles by himself but he can't because how does he refer to his austin's his workhorse austin's uh, austin austin (laughs) austin austin (laughs) austin's his workhorse is the horse he got on the back of that rode him to victory or something yeah so he said he couldn't defend them without him so it was the right thing to do (laughs) (laughs) foley has one last line as he gives up the tag belt bang bang oh no wait genuinely popped for right he goes with a heavy heart and a pained pancreas, yeah, yeah. laughs to himself <laughs> and then hands it over. Like, Mick just getting himself over here, popping someone in the back, probably. You I know? enjoyed it. <laughs> it was fucking great. <laughs> so here's Austin, who is O-V-E-R over. Boom. Wow. It's, yeah. it's it's not 1998 pop yet, but it's, it's, it's loud. It's close. I think it's if this was New York or Chicago or someone like that like even Texas you know you could you could tell the audible difference though between the pops even when the road warriors come out shortly after this yeah. they get a huge pop but it's not on the Austin level no this guy is becoming super duper uber star you yeah. know so Austin tells JR to blow it out his ass and flipping JR off immediately this aggressive Austin is the best where the crowd cheer the beautiful babyface announcer getting shit <laughs> absolutely man austin throws his tag strap at sarge's feet and continues to cut an outstandingly aggressive promo jr wishes austin a good recovery stunner to jr <laughs> <laughs> you, you missed the line where he told fat boy to go down and give him 20 if he wanted the tag belt to sarge, <laughs> to sarge as well. so good vince goes mad on commentary i'm like did the modern day writers not ever watch this stuff because it is perfect character building yeah like, come on, guys, pay attention. I think I want everyone to realize that, yes, WWE have a lot more content to film now. So they've yeah. got, what, 11 segments to fill on a two hour Raw yep. originally versus what they've now got with three hours Raw, two hours SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, blah, 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 blah. And the one that but, does seem to be happening in terms of where you're going with this, I think, is that they are hiring more guys who are in wrestling to come yes. to it. Yes, though they've got better producers, but they still don't have the writers. They've got better match producers to let, let make things link. But on WWE TV through the podcast I listen to, because I have not watched it, because I don't care for the product right now. I will still watch the pay-per-views. Cool. The last four weeks, it's been watered down version of Strategy Society with Seth Rollins as Jesus. Yeah. Feuding with Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders, and now not Joe, because he's didn't want to go to Saudi, so he took some drugs. <laughs> pop, 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 the marijuana gives, man. <laughs> Don't get wellness violation for marijuana, though. Just get fined. Oh, fair enough. I, I, Joe, I think, is a notorious pothead. That's why Matt Riddle has oh. no money. 
but it's still fine. in work. But, but if he doesn't have a medical card, wrong state, it could be an issue. But you know, it's complicated. Yeah. Anyway, um, but what, what I, I don't want to suggest anything. No. You know what I mean? But what I, I just did. <laughs> what, I, what I was getting at is that people need to understand that if they always go, oh, I want, I want a slow build. I want to do it. Yeah. Let things build and don't shit on it. I know in this modern time where we want instant gratification. As long as the story is progressing each week and isn't just a repetition of the prior week, people will wait for the payoff. Like they're doing with Orton and Edge, every week, Sure, I'm not going to tell you why I did it. People are starting to turn a little bit. Just fucking tell us what you've done. But I, ne- I agree with you, Sam. You're, you're kind of blaming the fans a lot. No. Oh, no. I'm not blaming the fans. The writers, okay. the writers are fucking shit. <laughs> okay. But give <laughs> when, when things occur, so can you imagine the slow burn of Austin and Brett in modern day the like we po- point out it should be possible it should work but they're, they're way too quick to pace that and off, even you know? and even when we did the undertaker trilogy yeah. and we pointed out that it was a, a vehicle to get triple h over yeah no one would have bought that today because everyone wants everything now hmm. so just instead even then, of they had like a couple of shows a week and yeah they were still just managing to do it you know but if they try and get a storyline for everyone get it to work but now they've got 150 wrestlers on the roster not everyone can work i think they need to simplify matters a little bit you know i think if you'd taken like dakota kai and tegan knox's storyline for example and added in say like uh, a a, a dream it's like the love interest between them or something who was with tegan that maybe like dakota kai is interested in but like dream screwing them both over wait dream so doesn't then, like girls but, but you know <laughs> doesn't he or who knows i don't know whatever who cares but you know what i mean <laughs> like you take a character yeah you make a simple story that everyone can understand and get behind but they're already doing that on the main roster oh, i don't see why you can't do that with everyone there's so many stories to be told everything is a repetition of what it once was just with a different coat of paint to it yeah sure and w- what they need to do is go, right, when did Raw get hot? This time, right. Uh, Owens, you'll be Austin. Um, AJ, you'll be Brett. Sure. You'll be Sean. And use the storylines that work. And repeat it all the way through. Bring in a cast of characters, yep. and that's how you do it. But isn't that what they're doing with Seth Rollins now? No, no, because they didn't go to the Attitude Era. They went to the Straight Edge Society <laughs> that they ruined, because they basically went, hang on. Is Punk trying to be Jesus? Punk's yeah. like, no, I'm just growing my hair and beard out. <laughs> I am Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought that out of a feud with Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, we'd uh, lose the Buddy and he'd become <laughs> main event style But Ali Black's like, oh, oh no, 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 got a few. Ali, Ali Black is going to be, I think it's going to be Ali Black and Taker against the club at Mania. Oh, that could be fun. Yeah. And, and if you notice that Alistair Black hasn't lost since he's been on the main roster, he's never been pinned. Cool. I mean, I don't watch Raw and SmackDown weekly. I, I pay attention sometimes. However, one little clip I did see on this subject before we move back to our pay-per-view about yeah. Buddy Murphy becoming Murphy. Yeah. Not um, your buddy guy. The, the, street, the Street Profits promo was like, he hit him so hard last week he lost his name. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yes. <laughs> so uh, just to finish this segment off, the ring floods with officials, refs, medics, who all look shocked at Austin's action for giving JR this stunner while the crowd are cheering <laughs> and chanting. Absolutely love it. The cell job everyone does here, perfection. So good you're freelance because I fear this happened in a real employment situation. You'd be like, yeah, kill him. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my word, what's happening? <laughs> So Doc Hendricks, hey! as he's now known, yeah, King King throws to him backstage. <laughs> Freebird Michael Hayes, he's back backstage with 
two of my all-time favourites, Owen Hart and British Hall Bulldog. Hall of Famer, British Bulldog. Fucking A, man. About Absolutely. flipping time. Owen will get there eventually. Yeah. We all know why, but he's not at the moment. He yeah, will not be talented. <laughs> sure, that's the reason. <laughs> not one of the greatest of all time. Owen Hart promo here. It's so, so good. good. They're getting over the whole Austin JR segment that just happened, selling the shit out of it, and their anti-American gimmick getting themselves over at the same time. Uh, Owen, Owen's comments like, and I've broken bread with JR and these evil Americans <laughs> are just booing a colour commentator getting beaten up. It's brilliant. At the same time, Davey and Owen are blatantly ribbing Michael Hayes because every time Hayes goes to talk or ask a question, Davey and Owen just start talking again, like popping themselves. It's fucking so good they're doing exactly what they need to they're entertaining they're funny there's inside jokes they're getting over the storyline it's so so perfect i look forward to doing our year on owen hart shows <laughs> fucking a man i popped so hard for this it's brilliant. like when davy started talking after owen did his three segments yeah. after michael hayes went how are you davy's like and i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny you watch owen's face he like he corpses slightly his face goes and then it kind of comes back oh it's so good so vince and lawler do a piece of the camera about austin vince looks genuinely fucked off with this whole situation his selling we know vince how good vince is as a character yeah like yeah he's just so good so our next match for the vacant wwf world tag team title titles that we just saw given up earlier we have a four-way elimination tag this time so of check out this lineup the Godwins of Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin. Good old Southern Justice. Who are bloody brilliant as heels. Do, do, are characters that you hate? They're in Kentucky. They yeah. should kind of be over, but they're so good at working as heels. I know people aren't fans. They're not high spot monsters or whatever. They they did a, they served a purpose and they were in the midst of their feud with the LOD. This, this LOD, like, sorry, this tag stuff with these guys, like from about 91 through to about 98, I think the tag division is probably my favorite thing about the WWF. Yeah. Like, I'm just well, they had proper teams. Yeah, sure. So you've got the Godwins, if we just introduced, versus the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher, who are seriously starting to get these like modern 90s goth grunge characters over. They do the pre-match promo where they're talking about being with Marilyn Manson at the VMAs and yeah. stuff like this. Versus the Legion of fucking Doom, Road Warrior, Animal and Hawk, who are, I mean... The Road Warriors. The Road Warriors. <laughs> Against the Heart Foundation of Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. I'm like, yep, thank you. This is what I wanted. So Hart... Start off with the Headbangers promo. Thank you very much. So hey, Headbangers and Godwins get their over-rehearsed, pre-taped promos. Hang on, wait a second. <laughs> you didn't know that Mick Foley was going to relinquish the belt. How did you know it's a Fatal 4-Way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're good. And they get the characters over, but yeah, they're they're very pre-taped and very over-rehearsed. Yes, very much. Absolutely. I is going to do this to you, Road Warriors. You've got the slot bucket and now... Meh. Yeah, very much so. They even had uh, the headbangers say their last line at the same time like a boy band. I'm yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> That's right, they're My that. Chemical Romance, it's fine. <laughs> Owen comes out with the slammies and the leather jacket and the crew cut, and I'm like... I love this Owen so much. Two-time Slammy Award winner. He's such a funny childish heel character. He's, oh, he's the best. Uh, Vince getting over the one-night-only pay-per-view, which is coming up soon. In Birmingham, England, in September 20th. Where we know Bulldog puts over Sean for the European strap. Considering what happens in two months from this time. Awkward. Yeah. 
so Michael Cole, boo, is backstage <laughs> with the LOD. The LOD do a lot of shouting. And, and Hawk does his usual, well, <laughs> it's great. Well, tell him, Hawk. Tell him. And he goes, tell him, Hawk. And he's like, well, it's the best promo. I love their stuff. The Road Warriors pop. It's good, isn't it? It's not quite what it was a year ago or something, but it's still good. They said on commentary quite a bit during this match that the Road Warriors hadn't won the belts in six years. Yeah. Because obviously they're timeout and doing other things. (laughs) Yeah. But like... Mainly drugs. (laughs) uh, So, mm. as a younger man, if anyone would be like, greatest tag team of all time, instantly LOD. As an older gentleman, I've grown to appreciate other elements of professional wrestling rather than just people beating the shit out of other people. So it's the Steiners now, then, yeah? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but again, they're, they're right up there. One of the very best of all time. Yeah. Uh, full production for the LOD entrance. The lights go out. They turn up on, stand up on the turnbuckles, flashing spotlights for each person. It's so cool. Really, really good. They, they knew how to look after tag teams at this sure, time. Sure. Whereas Vince Mann then decided during the Attitude Era, oh, I don't like paying for tag teams. Because <laughs> yeah, it's double the price of an individual, you yeah. know? Yeah, sure. So again, uh, rules put up on the screen for the match. Really appreciate this. Uh, two men in the ring. It's an elimination. Can tag anyone at any time. Absolutely. So the LED are over his faces. Hang on, the LED? L- LOD, sorry. Uh, that hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> the Godwins are heels. <laughs> Uh, the headbangers are face and the uh, heart foundation are heels. Because they're not American. Sure. I'm not going to call this whole match. Spot, 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 spots. <laughs> <laughs> All four Godwins and LOD in. LOD signal for the doomsday. Heart foundation with the distraction. Godwins go to grab the empty slot buckets this time. Uh, the LOD grab the buckets off of the Godwins and smash them about <laughs> with the, the slot buckets. The ref spots it because the LOD aren't going to take a pinfall. They get a <laughs> eliminated by disqualification boo of course i love that the led won't even take a pinfall in 97 consistency yeah absolutely they've never won the titles because they don't finish a match <laughs> <laughs> so um the headbangers take advantage of the beaten up godwins but can't manage to eliminate them the godwins start to fight their way back into the match and they are when you look at the godwins fuck me they are sh- big Strong, hard boys. Absolutely, ma'am. Big, hard, hard boys. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, um, so, until a messy sunset flip spot. Hang which... on, he's a footballer. <laughs> messy sunset flip. That's Sorry. Not... That's, not <laughs> that's the one of the worst tricks <laughs> you've ever thrown in. I think you're the so... word for shit-ass words as wrong. A schmozzy sunset <laughs> flip spot. Which was... Hang on, he doesn't play for... <laughs> which we just saw in the last match. God damn it, Hepner. Darling <laughs> <laughs> Hepner! Uh, the uh, headbangers eliminate the Godwins finally kind of out of nowhere like you would have thought they'd do it after the last spot but like well whatever Owen jumps in and immediately goes to work on Thrasher either the uh, headbangers or the Heart Foundation will be the new tag team champions Thrasher and Beaver Cleavage (laughs) yeah that was a weird gimmick wasn't it loved it spot 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 Bulldog and Thrasher botch a spot both men down malfunction at the junction as Owen accidentally knocks Bulldog to the outside (gasps) Austin runs down, stunner to Owen, one, two, three, the winners and new World WF World Tag Team Champions, Mosh and Thrasher, the headbangers. The surprise winners. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the half foundation had this in yeah. the bag. The pop for the finish because of Austin. It's huge. It's the most over the headbangers have been. <laughs> it really is. Since Austin Chaz and D-Lo. <laughs> this has to be their first win for the straps, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. They celebrate in the, in the crowd like happy goth kids. You know, it's nice yeah. to see. 
this was before they started wearing cones on their chests. The yeah. big furry cones and the big furry boot warmers. I, I always liked the gimmick. I always liked the headbangers. Yeah, yeah I think they're good wrestlers. They're, they're a bit spotty, you know? Did you know the... the so obviously Mosh went off to do his um, Chaz gimmick. Yeah. And then when Thrasher... Because they split up because Thrasher got injured. Yeah. And Thrasher was due to come back with Bruce Pritchard as his manager because Bruce Pritch was going to start auctioning off wrestlers gear and stuff online on dot com okay. and then it was going to be all part of DTK Enterprises and Thrash was going to come back as a clown DTK Doink the Clown oh. yeah. <laughs> nice that would have been great would have been good with Pritchard as an evil like puppet master for clowns I think Thrash is a good worker I think Mosh is the better of the two yeah that's why he was allowed to wrestle in Thrash was going to be given a clown gimmick there we go that would have been great fun so the camera follow the headbangers to the concession stand where they throw food at the fans in celebration can he do that joey <laughs> it is good though you know I, I was thinking the whole way through that like this is a riot there's no security around or anything if there's a pro wrestler swinging that tag round belt around not really paying attention and there's a whole crowd of people the temptation to be like yoink <laughs> just leg it my god that i love these tag belts at this time i hate it when people steal championships <laughs> not titles not belts it's a belt. So JR bitching and moaning to Sarge backstage about what happened earlier. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to tell Vince man, I'm a company to get beat up. Yeah, he literally says, Tell Vince if this if this happens if this happens again. Oh right, that's the one. So he tells <laughs> he says to Sarge. Sarge, tell Vince if this happens again, if this shit happens again, and they bleep out the yeah. shit. I wonder whether that was bleeped live. I wonder. Cause I think wonder- it's pre-taped again. There's a few segments happen. where they have bleeping bits out. Yeah. I don't think all of them are pre-tapes, though. But oh. they still got their five-second delay button on but their it, live broadcast. But it's specifically that one yeah. word. It's not like they've just bleeped that whole bit like they usually would. So that gives away the element of live a yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah. I don't know how I felt about that, but whatever. We'll see. And was this about to be the Doctor Death introduction as well, where Jr. got poorly, went off with Bell's palsy, and came back and set up his own commentary booth with Doctor Death? Was this the start um, of the heel turn of JR? When did Brawl for All happen? It was the end of 98? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was 99. Oh, it was 98. Yeah, so Think it might about who was around so, still. Yeah. We still got the smoking gun guys around and stuff like that. So Savio. Because it went to WrestleMania 15, which had been 98, yeah. yeah. So but be, there's a lot of people in that time. No, it would have been the tail end of this year because it was bro- WrestleMania 15, wasn't it? They had Brawl for All final. So then it would have so been... So it would have been the end of 98, yeah. So, no, it was, because it was in April 98, WrestleMania 15. Yep. No, 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 no. It's following 99, 99. Yeah, sorry. Because 14 is 98 because that's the year I got into yeah, it. So it's less. And obviously, Scott Kelly's been forgetting that the year 2000 was WrestleMania 2000, which was 16. That's <laughs> fine, it's fine, it's fine. So, um, it, it, the, the bit here about this JR promo where he's saying, tell Vince if this happens again, if this shit happens again, my ass isn't going to be around here anymore. He's not saying Jack Tunney. Yeah. He's not saying, oh, Commissioner Slaughter, if this happens again, or he's Gorilla saying, Monsoon. tell Vince. Yeah. Like, again, this whole beginning of this reality storytelling stuff. Really nice which, little touches, little subtleties. I think, from what I've listened to, we can credit a certain Mr. Vince Russo for this change. Well, he should be credited for something. So, part of this new project I have going on, job, whatever you want to call it, um, is I had to find some images of Mr. Russo himself. The WWE have basically wiped Vince Russo from the internet, as far as I'm aware. (laughs) Trying to find a high-res photo of Vince Russo in either WCW or WWE, whatever, is almost impossible. They're not happy with him, it seems. I wonder why. Yeah. 
It's uh, such an interesting I'm also thing. surprised AEW didn't accept his time-limited job offer to go and help them with their quite entertaining <laughs> product. <laughs> Can you imagine if they'd gone, oh, that's the solution. Get the guy that like ruined four different companies or whatever. Yeah, we've got Anthony Gogo training now at <laughs> the Nightmare Factory. That's going to be cool. What we really need is Vince Russo. We don't need any of these modern forward-thinking guys like the Bucks, Kenny and Cody to do these things with experienced heads like Malenko and Arn Anderson behind them. What we need is nut shots and baseball bats. Jesus, man. Yeah. I can imagine Penta coming out of a baseball bat and then nut shotting Phoenix when he turns on him. <laughs> It'll be great, bro! <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you need to send the nut shot the next week, you know? <laughs> Finger poke of doom! Yeah. <laughs> Off we go! That's how that's how Cody's going to finally get his AEW title <laughs> match. <laughs> so, um, I, I will just say quickly, uh, you mentioned AEW there. Have you watched AEW the last couple of weeks, Dynamite? I have. It's been quite fun, hasn't it? I'm yeah. It's starting to turn a corner. It's it's the end of last year was a little tedious. Well, I think they found what worked, what didn't work. I bloody I I said it before. Even they they went on to this this thing. I love Evil Uno. It's excellent as a mouthpiece. Mm. Poor Stu Grayson sitting there going, "This is supposed to be my tag team, the <laughs> Super was, Smash Bros, yeah. who were great. I like the Super Smash sure. Bros. And I love the thing with Raven in the crowd just." Just sat just there. Just randomly sitting there. It's, yeah. it's a red herring, hasn't it? Is. It has to be a red herring. And did you also notice that Evil Uno on Twitter was like, um, I think he put, I can't remember what he tweeted, but it was the start of Lance Hoyt's entrance music in New Japan. Right. So obviously in that case, of, well, is Lance Hoyt going to be the uh, exalted one? And obviously they're playing up to, it's going to be Matt Hardy. I hope it isn't Matt Hardy. I feel like they're going to pull a big twist here. I think it's going to be Hangman Page. They're also teasing. I don't think it is. I don't know if it makes sense in terms of it's, long term. I don't think it's I supposed to make sense. It's the Dark Order. Yeah, maybe. Um, they're also implying it's going to be Brandon Cutler on BTE every week. Yeah. Which I don't think it will be either. Which would be awful. Yeah, maybe. He's very good. He's a top talent, yeah. You know all the little botches he had in the first few matches. Yes. Are you sure they're not? Are we sure they're not telling that story from day one? Ah, uh, hang on. Yeah, because if he's pretending to fail, uh, have you seen his tag matches when he was the Cutler Brothers? Yeah. He can go. He can really go. The worst thing with me, unfortunately, with Brandon Brandon Cutler, I get him confused with um, is it Pepper Pepper Parks? <laughs> I'm gonna say Pepper Pig. <laughs> <laughs> parks i don't know um the the blade the butcher the blade and the bunny. oh okay yeah is that pepper parks which one uh the the younger one the one who's going out with ali cat uh the bunny who's going out with ali i'm so lost right. here the old the older chap with the monocle yeah who i believe is the butcher yeah yeah he's there andy williams yeah That's a butcher. i don't know their names so the blade and yeah. the bunny are married really in real life Lucky bastard. <laughs> I have a thing for Ali. What can I say? So, but I always get confused between him and Brandon Cutler. Because really? they're both bald-headed jack dudes. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Our WWF World Heavyweight Championship match. Not main event. Not, oh, it's not main event. Did I say main event? No, but I'm just saying. Good, good, good. Our WWF title is not in the main event. No, because I mean, it's Undertaker versus Brett for the first time ever in the main event, understandably. So, Undertaker Michaels. Yeah, sorry, Sean. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting confused. This, I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> this, this is the masked character, the Patriot, 
Who isn't Del Wilkes? Oh, it's Del Wilkes. <laughs> so we've got Bret Hart, our current champion, who won the belt from Taker in the whole situation, which we'll talk about in two seconds, versus the Patriot Del Wilkes. We get the video package that puts over Del Weeks, Weeks? Del Wilkes' American football career at the beginning. Shoot names, brother. Like, this is not the first time they do this on the show. There's four or five times talking about Dustin. There's Vince, another one, Boston, Vince as well, yeah. being the boss. They're talking about, like, uh, there's another one where they use someone's shoot name as well. I can't remember what it was. I think it was Farouk. Yeah, yeah. he talks about Farouk's Ron. previous career in WCW and the football and stuff, yeah. like the World Heavyweight Champion and all that sort of stuff. So again, this this reality stuff starting to come in. It's less gimmicky. Trying to be more real about it. This promo is a step too far. They show the guy's face. Yeah, twice, three times. What is the point? <laughs> Why is he wearing a fucking mask then? At least Kyrie Sane, when she was wrestling in Stardom, took her mask off on the stage. Yeah, sure. And to present her wonderful-looking mask, it's, to it's present weird. her beautiful face. Absolutely, man. So, uh, <laughs> no, Del Wilkes' low tone of voice and mumbly chat was lulling me to sleep a little bit during this pro- promo because it was about four a.m. and I was like, "What did you say?" <laughs> I can't believe I'm Del Wilkes and I didn't make it in the main event. So basically, the Patriot Del Wilkes is defending America, America, against our fuck yeah, evil Canadian champion Bret Hart, friends of Terence and Philip. <laughs> hey, buddy, not your guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Patriot backstage interview after this video package because we haven't seen enough of the unmasked Patriot, so we're now going to have the masked Patriot. But. Oh, lordy. I faint for a little bit because 1997 Super Slutty Sonny is interviewing him. Oh, my lord. She's recently been released on parole, so everyone's happy. good for her. 1997 Sonny. Fudge. Wow. So, Angle's music. Always been the Patriots music. It's so annoying because all I hear in my head is, You suck. God damn it, Edge. Yeah. Well, damn it, Hebner. <laughs> I blame for everything. There's a huge pop for Wilkes. Yeah, he's, but he's the the American hero against the <laughs> evil Canadian wizard. And don't forget, we're in Kentucky, boys. I like the US of A. <laughs> so I won't do my terrible Kentucky impression like I did on one of the other podcasts. I remember listening back to it and going, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Accents are fine. Did I mention we haven't cut set aside if we're going to cover Super Showdown yet? Uh, we're going to do that next week, yeah? I mean, we should. We, we, all, we do. We do. So we do the Saudi shows so you don't have to watch them. We'll do Nick's request. Yeah, for sure. We'll do Nick's request the week after. Yes, okay, yes. we need to get onto that. Yes, but yes. yeah, that's fine. We'll do, we'll do the Saudi show next week. So um, <laughs> I'm I, so excited. <laughs> I love, as much as it's stupid that he's got the mask, the actual mask itself Really good mask. It's spectacularly gorgeous. It's gold, shiny eagle on the back, USA down there. Because that's the close he'll get to the eagle belt. Eagle on the front, sorry. Then kind of American colours around the side with the USA down the back. But yes, it is the closest he's ever going to get to that belt. (laughs) It's the worst uh, description of a mullet ever. Eagle on the front and uh, beautiful design (laughs) on the back. <laughs> Luckily, the mullets have dissipated a little bit into '97. God, the someone last few tell, shows. Someone didn't tell Scott Putsky though. <laughs> the mullet's gone. There's still a few around, but like, it's, yeah, it's '97, yeah. man. Limp Biscuit or a thing at this point, you know. <laughs> Less mullets. I did it all for the nookie. Come on. <sighs> bum, bum, I remember. Bum, bum, uh, bum, bum. Oh, that was because that was that three dollar bill. The first one in '97. Significant other. You, no, $3 bill was first. $3, three dollar bill was the first record, yeah, but which break was stuff and oh, was Nookie, not... the song you just sang. Oh, no, it's not a significant other. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I dated myself badly there. 
Not that I was a Because Chocolate Starfish kid. was around 2000, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember buying that album, my dad going, lots of swearing on this, isn't it? If I say fuck, fuck two, two more, more times, there's 46 fucks in this fucked up rhyme. <laughs> I wonder why I never had sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're doing a wrestling podcast and talking about this. Like, Did I mention I was no talking about our Warhammer room? <laughs> How, how did we ever find women to let us oh, impregnate them? <laughs> so, uh, Angus knew it's a new world, man. <laughs> what can I say? I think you find it's a new day. Nowadays. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Angry Bear... Bre- oh, God, I've got to move on with this. Angry Bear Claw. Oh, okay. Angry Bear. <laughs> Shut up, you. Angry Bear <laughs> Brett promo. Uh, really decent. Really, really good. Uh, stumbles on World Wrestling Federation a few times, but still a good promo. That's you know, he's going to work for WCW. <laughs> you would have thought he's been there long enough. He could play World Wrestling Federation champion at least once properly. But this is the reoccurring thing with Brett. He always says this wrong. It's fine. Notice? It's a five-time champion. That's why they keep giving <laughs> the belt, so one day he might get it right. The whole match is classic cheesy panto stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's so much fun. The actual match itself is... This- Go on. There's some great comments from Lawler naming all of the Hart brothers. And then Bruce and Dave and Jim and Bob. <laughs> and then um so then Vince goes, and then obviously there's the uh the leader, Stu Hart, and Lawler goes, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Uh Chris Jericho calling me a crazy cowboy and WCW yeah. Nitro. Yeah. So good. So we're in Kentucky. A guy with a Canadian flag is gonna be wrestling a guy in a sparkly USA mask. I'm fine with this. It's how it should be. Absolutely. Turf wars. Back and forth. Uh, Wilkes, the face, takes over for what feels like a very long time in the beginning of the match. Brett, trying to get this kid over. Yeah. Nice Brett, guy, Brett. Brett. I mean, that's the thing you can always say about Brett Hart's case of, here's what will make this match good and also make other people money to work with you in the future. Sure. Because like we said earlier, Pillman could have gone against Owen, Michaels, Undertaker, and Del Wilkes could have gone to catering. <laughs> so, um, if they had catering in 97. Brett eventually, obviously, as you might expect, starts to work on the Patriots' legs and flips off the crowd. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Full Nelson slam by the Patriot while the, um, uh, the ref is down because of an elbow thrown by Brett. Because they, because that Patriot, is the, his finisher. Remember, that's the Uncle Slam. Is that what it's called? The Uncle Slam. And it's the Patriot Missile. Uh, his two <laughs> finishing moves. I remember the moves. Patriot Missile. Yeah, it's the Uncle Drop Slam. Drop kick off the top. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. That was the Uncle Slam, and that's why Hebner... Fucking hell, Hebner! <laughs> Damn it, Hebner. Down again. Second bump of the night, <laughs> lazy sod. The same spot they did previously, where he's throwing elbows and just throws a hand back. Hebner's like, oh no! Oh, uh, poor bloke getting fired for selling WWE merch out the back of his car. <laughs> Is that why he got fired? Yep. Ah, oh, poor boy. Him and Dave. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. So, uh, but the ref is down after this. Uh, what's it called? The Uncle Slam. The Uncle Slam. <laughs> Terrible name. The ref counts one, two, but Brett gets a foot on the ropes. Oh, oh we could have had a new champ. No chance that we'd have had a new champion. Now, a slightly ominous spot happens for the end of this match. Wilkes applies the sharpshooter. <gasps> Can you imagine someone applying the sharpshooter to Brett? Hmm, but foreshadowing. the pop it gets is so ominous because you can hear in Brett's head going, oh, that got a good pop. I'll put that in the repertoire. <laughs> Someone else putting me in the sharpshooter. Oh, Sean, would you mind putting me in the sharpshooter in this match? Vince, he wants me to put in the sharpshooter. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike what is about to happen at Survivor Series in two months' time, Brett reverses the sharpshooter into his own version of the sharpshooter 
the sharpshooter. <laughs> Patriots submit. The Scorpion Deathlock. <laughs> the move invented by... What was that guy's name? Yep. So, and the winner and still WF World Heavyweight Champion, Bret Hart. Like, the match is pretty bad, but the finish, the emotion I'm feeling when I'm watching this finishing happen and going, no, Bret, no, don't let other people do it to you. Also followed by the, oh no, don't let Dale Wilkes tap. They played it beautifully. <laughs> I wasn't into this. Well, it was USA versus Canada. Yeah, it's fine. And I'm British, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I prefer. Well, the bulldog was there. I almost was just like, I much prefer Canada to America, which is true. <laughs> got, a, got a better maple syrup. Yeah, sure. So uh, Brett uh, tells the crowd to kiss his ass and beats down Dale Wilkes afterwards. I love his little slap his own bum spot. Yeah. Pretty funny. Uh, even giving Wilkes a brutal looking pile driver after the match. It did look kind of terrifying Wilkes is just like a straight line going into the mat it's it's all he deserved really <laughs> oh, Dale Wilkes yeah it's all he deserved <laughs> he's the face dude anyway. yeah exactly and then he was gone obviously you know he, he was in world championship manager world championship manager <laughs> world championship manager he was only back for basically another year after this um he wrestled at 1997, tore his tricep a week earlier when he was uh, replacing the Survivor Series team by Steve Blackman. Then he was released and then never seen again. Because of an injury, I seem to remember? Yeah, well, he's torn tricep and then they released him because he was injured. Because obviously everyone gives Bischoff flack for firing Austin, Steve Austin. Yeah. But when you fire Dale Wilkes the Patriot That's with a torn fine. tricep, then it's fine. I will say um, quickly, um, Mike Quackenbush always puts over the Patriot, had him on a few shows and stuff, and is, is a big uh, advocate of the Patriot. And you can see why. He's, he's, a, he's a decent guy. He's an American gimmick. hero. Yeah, uh, yeah. the match is it's Brett, and like, it's not that great. Although, let's be. be honest, he's more of an American hero than Lex Luger. Sure. So Brett uh, grabs old glory from the ring post and smashes it in front of the Kentucky crowd. Probably a legitimate iffy thing to do at this time i mean later jericho didn't learn about the flag in brazil (laughs) (laughs) brett chokes patriot with the american flag this is what we call symbolism very cool brett even decked pat patterson a canadian (laughs) you're like what are you doing well he's not in the heart foundation sure sure the fans chant for austin as well you can start to see how over he's getting yeah really really cool well especially if austin's out stunnering jr he's out stunnering owen stunnering Stunning Owen. Uh, post-match promo with Brett and Davy Boy. I don't know where Owen got to at this point. He'd been injured. He'd been stunned. Oh, yeah. Of course he was. Nice little sell there. I like that. So Brett calls every top face in the company loser Americans, one by one, naming them all. Hang on. I'm from parts unknown. I'm <laughs> The Undertaker. <laughs> and Brett goes, at least in the UK, they respect great wrestlers like us. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> See you in September. God save us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for our main event of the evening for the first time ever the undertaker versus the heartbreak kid sean michaels i was pumped for this match i was looking forward to this yeah yeah really i've never seen this before i realized that i've seen clips of this match in video package for years to come well that's because it leads up to the fir- the hell in the cell doesn't it and for the, the retirement ones after yeah. it and like over that and over and over again like we'll get to it. so um Bearer in the ring, teasing something evil that's coming this way in a pre-match promo. That's gotta be! That's gotta be! Indeed. Oh, Mankind. We're not sure yet. (laughs) Oh, it is Mankind first, isn't it? Yeah. Oh no, maybe I've dated myself again. No, Mankind's already happened. Yeah, Yeah, because we're leading into into 98. So yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So this is what? September? Yeah. So the cane build was only like five months? Six? Yeah. 
that felt like a year that build because it was so good the back and forth of Taker will not fight his brother hey, hang on again I think I've been stupid no 97 it's 98 that was Wrestlemania 14 trust me was, yeah. yeah yeah so Taker is distracted by something else that's going on in his life with Paul Bearer which they have not unveiled yet that's gotta be <laughs> HBK is a massive dick <laughs> that's basically what this boils down to I think still <laughs> well he was a good guy up until this point yes but behind the scenes he was still a dick sure Lost his smile a little bit. Careless. So uh, HBK uh, was the ref for Brett Taker. Brett spat in Michael's face. HBK swang a chair at Brett, hitting the Undertaker. Awkward. Brett pins Taker. HBK reluctantly counts the three. Why did he count the three? It makes no sense. Well, he's the referee. He's got to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he okay, okay. Just, I like that. Yeah, that's He good. should have disqualified Brett. Undertaker's been attacked. Attacked. The, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Brett beats Taker for the strap, leading into this. So as early DX is starting to form, we've got HBK smash Taker in the head with a chair, busting Taker wide open. Nice play job. Flooding full of fucking blood all over his face. Looks horrific. Uh, not black and white again on the network. No. Well, they don't. They don't black and white blood on the network. Oh, they put the um the PG thirteen shit at the beginning, don't yeah. they? If it's like blood or whatever. Yeah. I remember. Okay. So Taker says, at ground zero, you will pay the ultimate price. Shawn Michaels, you will rest in peace. And HBK cuts a heel promo backstage by himself. is like, I don't rest in peace for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. HBK literally has red eyes and is admitting to not sleeping for ten years because cocaine is a hell of a fucking drug. He does not look healthy. He's not in a good way at this stage. No. He's got bloodshot eyes that kind of pinch. They're a bit like mine. But like, you know, Wait, mine what? are not <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but like, you know, I might have break my nose six times as a rugby player. But like, you know, Sean just... Yeah, He's not in a good place. Nah, man. It doesn't show in his match, though. In ring, fine. His personal life, <gasps> bell to bell, top draw. This is, I think, some of the best I've ever seen out of Sean. Up until his match at 25. Because... Taker, again. Yeah, sure, sure. But, like, you think about what's about to happen to Sean Mataker. Yeah. He's about to do that spot in the casket match. He's going to take out his back. He's going to have to drop the belt to Austin, which makes Sean benched for years and years and years until we get to 25. Is it 25 when he comes back? No, it's well before that. Okay, I thought it was. Yeah, because he, he, he came back in 2002, 2003. Just the whole Jesus the Elimination Chamber shit, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Triple H back. stuff two out three falls. Again, great, great stuff. But um, this it's is amazing. Really... Triple H is always involved in storylines that actually have story. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. But this HBK here is, my God, if that back injury hadn't happened, but it's it's the bumping that makes Sean so good. But I think if that back injury hadn't happened, he would have gone very badly. Yeah. I think, he, I think he needed to have to step away from the business. To, Do you reckon to, it would have gone like Hogan power levels of corruption and No, I think business? he'd be, I think he'd, honestly, I think he'd be dead. Oh, because of, yeah. Yeah, maybe so, man. I think that back injury saved his yeah. life. Endless money, yeah. endless power, it feels like at this point, you know, yeah. yeah, that's, that's yeah. So it takes HBK a minute or so to walk out after his music starts, you know, I had to tidy up that last bump. <laughs> wrestling bump <laughs> HBK pose in the ring with the pyro in the ring but the pyro doesn't go off HBK finishes his pose and the pyro goes off 
I have never looked, seen a man look more frustrated and pissed off over the smallest shit ever in my life. I hope this was a rib. <laughs> he throws up a wanker hand gesture at the pyro guys and proceeds to mock the people he perceives as fucking idiots operating the pyro, not even attempting to hide his absolute disdain for them. The disgust on his face. It's... He emotes quite well. Yeah. <laughs> Cocked up my entrance. Do you yeah. know how pissed I was at Storm Cara for ruining my entrance at SCPW if I had no, I mean, no power? <laughs> you can understand the frustration, but I mean, you know, as a professional. Nope, fucks off. No? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so the lights go out. Sound rumbles around the arena. The pop for this Undertaker. O-V-E-R, man. He is over as fuck right now. All in black goth taker wet hair purple lights the little black tear on his yep. face because he so killed cool. someone yeah that's what they're implying probably shoot. his father that's the gimmick <laughs> isn't it <laughs> i thought it was a mole at one point in his life but i don't know whatever austin powers came was like mole is this the best taker no uh, to me this is close Mi- to best taker ministry, best ministry taker is the best taker in terms of matches, though, there's not much. Uh, the, the thing the thing is, Undertaker's a, an excellent worker when he's got someone he can work with. Yeah, and Sean is maybe the very best, best he's ever right. had his matches. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you think of, tell me some really, really good Undertaker matches, I will tell you Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, mm. Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Undertaker Mankind. Taker Austin's pretty good, too. Yeah. Taker Kane's always disappointing. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? Um, the storylines are fucking amazing. But. I suppose Taker Angle, Taker Angle, sure. Rock, Triple Threat, no mercy. Those mid-sized guys that can bump work very well for Taker, don't <laughs> <laughs> Guerreros of the world and even like, um, you know, I don't know, other people like that. Um, so Taker stands on the steps and instead of slowly raising his hands, which he would be doing up until this point, yeah, I don't yeah. think he'd ever done the way he does it in this before. Yeah, it's very, um, we, we're going to lose the feed. Get on with it. Ooh, I knocked a bottle over twice. <laughs> <laughs> Doing Taker impressions. So Taker suddenly throws his hands up into the air. A loud pop goes in the arena. And the sounds and lights all flash on at the same time. So cool. Sean's reaction to it is like, holy shit, and runs the other direction. Mainly to the Pyros guys going, why couldn't you cock up his entrance, <laughs> not mine? Can you imagine Taker sitting there going, Whoa. And then no lights coming up. Terrible. It'd be amazing. He'd be furious. <laughs> so Taker, in his absolute frustration with this situation, the story was Sean, immediately texts the ref. Where are you, Hebner? God damn it. <laughs> so HBK bails out. Wait, there's still 30 minutes of pay-per-view left, and he's already decked the referee. How are they going to do this? Third ref bump of the show. Fucking A, man. So Sarge back out and send HBK to the back, uh, back towards the ring because HBK is trying to leave and Sarge is like, no, 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 no. Uh, Taker picks up the ref in the ring and vaults him across the top <laughs> rope. Onto sh- I'm like, this poor referee. I was shouting, this is the best thing ever at my screen watching this happen. And it's a really good thing that Shawn Michaels really cared about the referee. <laughs> Just like, he power slammed the referee over the top rope to the outside. Yeah, taking out the trash. Oh, it's fucking great. HBK tries to run away and escape from Taker. He runs towards the set of the In Your House thing, gets to the fake door and tries to open it. (laughs) And is scratching at the door, trying to escape as Taker comes up behind him. This is my favorite spot I have 
ever seen. I could not stop fucking laughing. You can imagine them seeing this set and be like, you know what we could do. <laughs> yeah, but I guarantee you didn't tell Taker that was what he was doing. He's like, you know what's going to be funny to Triple H. And Tri- Undertaker's like look, walking up the ramp going, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> it was so funny. He goes to open the door with the handle, goes, oh no, oh no, and turns around to see Taker coming for him. This staging's fake. Like a cat trying to get in the door. It's like, no, scratch. It's so fucking good, man. Holy shit, Sean. Like, oh, just the absolute best. <sighs> I've lost my spot a little bit just to actually this is my favourite spot of all time I don't think I've ever seen anything funny in that like this tops Liger Owen off the top rope DDT for me <laughs> like this is absolutely the best <laughs> HBK bumping like an absolute boss uh, for walkie brawly Undertaker yeah. I mean, it's alright uh, Taker tries to pin HBK but there's no ref dummy you just murdered him in the previous segment <laughs> Uh, Sarge sends down Hebner. Hey! HBK throws himself at the feet of Earl as he gets to the <laughs> ring and he's like, he's killing me! He's killing me! <laughs> Disqualify him! Help me, help me! Sean's so good, man. Hebner finally rings the bell. God damn it, Hebner. And off we go. Uh, HBK cheats here and there to get in the occasional attack on, he- on Taker. But this match is nearly all strong, hard boy Taker getting his revenge on obnoxious Shawn Michaels. And it couldn't be better for me the way they're telling the middle of this story the best person to sell versus the most devastating over big guy face there's like one constant screaming noise from all the fans because they're just like ah this is amazing Ah!" it was it really was so much fun man uh, and Sean shows why he's considered a one of, if not the greatest of all time, with his selling. Like, there's literally moments this where I'm watching it draw on the floor. Like, this is better than anything I've ever seen. When people have the discussion of who is like the best wrestler of all time, and he's a lot of people go there. for Ric Flair, Ric Flair never sold like HBK. I- I'd agree with that. <sighs> yeah, it's uh, they're close, but Ric Flair has four or five things he does, and he does them very, very well. Sean is as good but then 10 times more creative and yeah. willing to try something else i'd say so and seems to be a lot more willing to make people look strong absolutely in some aspects yeah idiot <laughs> <laughs> as long that's, as you're not a pyro guy yeah or vader yeah so, I mean, take a just punched i would HBK. like to see hbk mini vader or el torito <laughs> that'd be an amazing match well after survivor series <laughs> <laughs> So Taker just punched HBK in the balls right in front of the ref. Damn it, Oh! Thank you very much. Again, he's not having a good night, Mr. You're right, you're right. Russo is on the booking because he's <laughs> at this stage. Yeah, sure. HBK tries to crawl away through the ring ropes, but Taker grabs his tights like a, admonishing a small child, exposing HBK's bum to the crowd. <gasps> it's his bum! With the reoccurring spot with Sean loves to show his butt to the crowd. <laughs> Um, well, until he found the Lord, as that is. Um, so Sean finally has Taker laid out, but Taker sits up. Sean grabs a chair, which Taker gets a hold of. Malfunction at the junction again. HBK into Taker, into the ref. Hebner oh, down! Damn Hebner it, Hebner down! <laughs> macho elbow by HBK to Taker. Another macho elbow by um, HBK to Taker. One, two, very, very slow count. God damn it, Hebner. Uh, Taker kicks. Here comes Rick Rude, because this is his cue, obviously, off the elbow spots, with the brass knuckles for Sean. Uh, Triple H and China out now, who bring down a ref too, uh, but Taker continues to kick out, even being after hit with the brass knuckles. DX work over Taker and throw the refs around. 
it starts to get really messy here. Very schmozzy. The best way possible. Uh, Taker gets the, well, in my opinion at least, uh, Taker puts Sean on the top rope, basically exposes him to the world to take the nuts out of his trunks. Uh, and then Vince says this line about like, oh, he's grabbed his belly button ring. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Does Sean have a belly button ring? At the time he did, yeah. Okay, fair enough. So Taker decks both HBK and Triple H with the brass knuckles. Um, Hang on, can he do that, Joey? <laughs> he's a face. God damn it, Hebner. Uh, slowly counting. One, two, Sean kicks. Taker chokeslams Hebner out of frustration. <laughs> Earl is bumping like a crazy bastard on this show. He's having a great time. Taking more bumps than Vader ever has. Tim White runs out, waves off the match to a chorus of booze. Schmoz! <laughs> Ultimate schmoz. Dusty would be proud. Um, we get a post-match brawl. Tombstone for Triple H. Locker room clears out to try and break this up. Out of nowhere, Taker breaks free dives over the top rope on this classic bit of footage murder clown catches him like <laughs> an absolute pro the, the lads do do a good job of catching him yeah. and sean even takes the fall <laughs> and then the sultan just <laughs> oh <laughs> just salmon's over so does triple h yeah. literally next to them it's fucking great but again you always need a murder clown to catch these people hall of famer murder clown absolutely dx leg it to the back as taker looks bloody shattered in the ring um, well, those, those, those brawls, those breakaways are really hard work to fight out of. Imagine having 30 people try and stop you jumping over a top rope. This match is non-stop. Yeah. They are going for it. They're going to get this story over. They're going to beat WCW. You know, like they seem so determined here. I think HBK was more determined to go, oh, you're good at wrestling, are you, Brett? Fuck you. Yeah, show off. Because this match is 10 times better than Brett's and yeah. Patriots match, even though it has no finish. Hang on, tell me a bad Dale Wilkes match you've seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the thing with this is that, yes, it's not good having a non-finish, especially for a first-time big match like this. But, but if you're going to do it, yeah, this is how to do it. This just made me want to see more and more and more. I could watch this for weeks without a finish. And it's amazing that through the decades, they did. They did this a lot. Like DX like barely ever had a finish. Yeah. Like, I remember getting little frustrated coming to wrestlemania 14 how like triple h would never finish a match without trying to get involved but again that's what i meant to feel i yeah. meant to be annoyed at him i meant for uh, want to want owen to win at wrestlemania 14 yeah which is a, a very short time to turn someone's face you know but with the brett thing and everything well gotta have one good canadian yeah sure so uh great fun uh mad dramatic story told brilliantly in the in the match not just in the segments and the talking bit they told the emotion of the story in the match from the get-go where you had undertaker wanting revenge for yeah. hbk costing him his title yeah it feels like they're fighting for their livelihoods here yeah and they are yeah and it comes across but also putting themselves in the shop window yeah absolutely they want to be the top guy this is such notoriously an incredibly competitive time for just the WF, like within side, Vince would be like, ah, oh, no, a competition between the boys and stuff, you know? And these two are essentially the last of the next gen. Yeah. Before the Attitude Era main event has came up. Cool. It's amazing how those two, Undertaker and HBK, are still fighting long after the Attitude Era heels have gone. HBK fighting in Saudi. Great. Undertaker, he's gone to Saudi to be on a float again. So well done to him. Has he really? <laughs> Brilliant. And there's talk of Taker, AJ at Mania this year. Yeah, that should be fun. Which would be nice. Because AJ can bump around for him. Perfect. Let's go. Before we go for our Pillman summary, let's go for a cornflake rating for this show. 
Um, so it's a weird one in that it's more nostalgia flooding for me. Okay, so yeah. it's between a three and a four, but I'm gonna go four because I had a fucking great time. Like wrestling shows for me are all about how do I feel watching it. If I'm sitting there going, "Can we just skip to the end, please?" Then I, I'm not having a great time no. about how good the wrestling is. There's ridiculous storylines, the Pillman <laughs> woman ownership stuff, the race wars. You've got <laughs> the minis uh, as well. Yeah, minis, the incredible match, one of the best matches I've seen in a long time. In terms of just like, ah, this is amazing. Surprisingly fun, yeah. you know. You've got one of the two of the greatest of all time in the main event, having a hell of a barn burner. Great to see Rick Rude with, with a great story. I love Rick Rude. And then you've got Brett doing crazy evil Canadian Brett, and then then putting over the UK and stuff. There's so much stuff I love about. Plus this. the Austin build. It, yeah, it's a four cornflake for me. Yeah, I, I I said at the start of the show, this was the first three hour in your house. Didn't feel like three hours watching it. I know you no. watched it very very early, and I watched it quite late last night when I was like, oh no. But by the time it finished, I was like, that was great. And I then loved I, it. it and me, I, then I me. thought, oh no, it's half midnight. <laughs> it took me a good 20 minutes to kind of try and relax to go to bed afterwards. I was just like, I, I feel great. This is the best thing I've seen in ages. Yeah, definitely. Uh, nowhere, nowhere near going to a five-star show for me. As you said, it's between the three and the four, but partly nostalgia, partly because it was three hours well spent. Yeah. It's a four-star for me. If this was a WrestleMania card done like this with maybe one massive work rate match in the middle like a hbk jericho or something like that you know like a yeah. really high quality or like um eddie guerrero jericho or something like that um and then the main event has a finish and we had a bit more of a story with sean and taker uh, this would be all over five stars for me. definitely the storytelling is logical it makes sense you've got development you've got something new happening you know but at the same time you've got logic and fun and silliness and the most important thing out of this from a progressive storytelling standpoint there's continuation to rule for the next night and there's open storylines everything's layered over each each story's layered over each other one it's a great time characters doing things their characters would do logically i mean and i don't do this every week please (laughs) this is great i know we said this about the attitude era when we're looking at raw we look at the undertaker trilogy yeah watching the pay-per-views back now this time is so much I used to love watching Raw and I, I as I said I have this warm fuzzy feeling of the Estudio of watching Raw but watching the pay-per-views at the beginning of the Estudio era and just watching sort of sh- these pay-per-views pay-per-views <laughs> as we go through yeah man they were good because actually- you still have the story built in so you don't need to have the four weeks of Raw to have the three minute matches and the commercial breaks for yeah great yeah Fantastic Quite. way to end a fantastic trilogy for a fantastic professional wrestler. Highly recommended. I mean, let's round off some Pillman stuff. There's not really that much to say. Uh, other than the sad bits. Yeah. Now. He goes on to have a few more matches. This was his last match, this last pay-per-view that he was ever on. Yep. Uh, he goes on to have a few more matches here and there, does some Raw, does some house shows, does some really fun segments on Raw. Um, never fully really recovers from the car crash, I no. think it's fair to say. Goes to a hotel one night. As a beer, as his painkillers, I think it was. Yeah. Notorious. And uh, they found him next room dead. Next yeah. day, dead, which is uh, devastating, man. I remember Pillman being the first wrestler where they did the 10 bell salute. Yeah. On Raw, watching it. And I was like, oh. Because obviously you'd seen wrestlers who had passed away who were no longer with the company or were more of the older generation they'd passed away. But 
it was the first time an active. I think the ones that really sort of stuck home for me were obviously were Pillman and Guerrero, sure. and for two to three hours. Chris Benoit, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, Pillman was a guy that I always knew about because, again, yeah. he's part of the build to when I came in like fully as a wrestling fan, yeah. like, watching everything week to week because it's when I got cable for the first time, so I had access to it for the first time. Um, so I always knew the story of him. I always remember seeing the ECW clip online and thinking, wow, what is this? This is so much more extreme than anything I've ever seen as a kid, you know? Yeah. So I'd gone like two, three years of watching wrestling before I even knew about ECW, really. Yeah. And like you'd occasionally see it pop up on our, what was it? Was it TNT? TNT, yeah. It was TNT, which is kind of weird for Americans to hear TNT slash Bravo. It's not the same thing, though. Yeah. (laughs) So for us, WCW was on TNT, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, God, it's so hard to explain to an American why ECW was also on TNT. It was a different channel, Bravo, technically, yeah. wasn't it? Anyway, so um, I remember seeing bits and bobs of it, but it was... I never really had got into enough and seen detail and watched real life. Until you got the internet. Yeah. You start to see bits of film. I realized as we've done this, from episode one, I said I hadn't seen any film. I definitely have. I've seen four or five matches over the years. Like You see clips and stuff. But he was one of the absolute best and taken way too soon and fuck if he hadn't gone in that car crash and you know maybe hadn't got that football injury which put him into pro wrestling in the first place and he had all those painkiller problems and notorious like coat problems and stuff you know what could have been he is a phenomenal athlete an amazing talent a creative mind who had he been around would be a key player yeah in wrestling today and he would be up there with the names where people always go this person is one of the greatest of all time. He would be up there with the, oh, if he was going to do a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, yeah, because sure. had he stayed in the main event, would have that, had he stayed around and he stayed healthy, would have that prevented the push of The Rock? Sure. Would have that present, therefore preventing The Rock becoming, you know, it could have changed everything. There aren't many wrestlers who you think, had that person stayed alive, they could have had such an impact on the face and times. It still would have led to WWF winning the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. But... The, the potential was limitless. Had Pillman and Owen lived longer and been around, and if they were still around today, they'd be integral parts of NXT. Of course, yeah. Although I would, Like Sean is now. Yeah, although I do suspect that Owen would have gone a jump to WCW at some point. There's all sorts of stuff that could have happened. We would yeah. never know, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame, but... It could have made for so much fun stuff. Like I'm really chuffed we did this. Definitely. What a fantastic trilogy. And also the first yeah. trilogy we've actually managed to do three weeks in a row without having interruptions or breaks. Yeah, this yeah. Is something gets in the yeah. way, isn't there? <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. This this last show, just to kind of round it off, whatever, all it does is make me want to watch everything from 97, WWF. I did sit there and think to myself, I'm just going to now go and watch every pay-per-view from this point forward. Yeah. Up until when it got shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I think there's... um. In terms of like the modern product and stuff, just quickly, I know we've gone over, is that the competition between WCW and WWF feels like so exciting watching this back. From the WCW show we watched, which was good, it wasn't great, you know, it was terrible at times, you know? Yeah. Just pre what we're now watching for the WWF, which WCW are kind of doing as well. The the change is extraordinary. You know, the storytelling, the pay-per-view quality is the reason why they were having seven, eight million people watch it every Monday night. Yeah. 
and, and it the... feels like we're almost on the verge of that again a little bit not on the viewing thing it's because the world's changed but in terms of like stories and stuff like AEW are really starting to compete their products getting better and better and their viewing figures are going up and up and they're getting more recognition and people coming in, celebrities and things like that, you know? TNT like wouldn't have given a three-year extension if they weren't happy with where it's going. And I think with anything, like any business, you start off of your first six to 12 months seeing what works, what doesn't work, what the fans like. Like with Brandy Rhodes basically saying the Nightmare Collective, yeah, it's not working, this is what would have happened, but we've just pulled the plug on it. Smart. Yeah, really very, cool. very good. Which is forcing Vince to make changes. Yeah. Having Paulie come in was a great fucking move. You know, there's bits I don't like that I'm paying attention to. There's bits about NXT I don't even like. But the quality of matches, and we're starting to get some really fun, silly, bonkers storylines coming back in. Yeah, hello, Rusev. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Liv we, Morgan we went and Lana. like Yay! 10 years without fun stupid storylines almost yeah. that's an exaggeration but you know what i'm saying like i feel like the generation of kids that aren't watching wrestling hopefully this next generation of kids that might come across it might see something more interesting and developed and a bit edgier and a bit, bit yeah. dirtier and filthier you well know? as i said before this is how i see it going because it's like toys they go on 10 year cycles when they're popular wrestling's now going to go from the period where we've watched it we've now got to the tail end of where wwe essentially has got to be shit mm. they've now had the young kids bring up and they know right well this is our target audience for now is before we next get the next batch of kids and so we need to have these soap opera these edgier bits but with the internet and online content to help push the stories yeah we're good i feel like some good shit coming well if you think there's some good shit coming next week tomorrow we is WWE return to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, yeah. and next Wednesday we will cover that show, so you don't have to watch it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Oh, oh, I forgot, I forgot. Hurry, hurry, I've got, I've got a thing. Ready for my big bold prediction? Go on. Goldberg's going to beat Bray Wyatt for the Universal Title in Saudi Arabia tomorrow. I've seen a lot of people mention this. It does seem like it might happen. You never know. Oh, we're so. going to build up this fantastic character and kill him. <laughs> Like an American journalist. <laughs> so, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is the best find place to find everything for us. Uh, links to all the uh, podcast. I didn't and use this archive. bit. Go on, carry on. Yeah, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com for all of <laughs> our previous episodes. <laughs> uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Go Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Acast, Stitcher, whatever your podcast platform is choice. If you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. Don't even have to leave a comment. Just hit the five stars. Really helps us out. Yep. And if you want to help support the show and me buy a house and you commute to your new role in some instances, indeed, uh, buy our lovely World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt at Amazon.co.uk. Just search World of Wrestling Podcast at the top of the list. Uh, so uh, World of Rest Pod on Twitter, World of Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. You are at the Tex Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I am Fanboy Rich on uh, Twitter. Is basically the best place to get me. And uh, I'm going to be tweeting about my new role and involvement so give us a follow i'm not i don't want to uh, do like dixie carter style build up an announcement say this is huge but bugger me this is flipping incredible i think it's more because you're my friend and you care i don't wonder whether other people give a shit i think people who are listening to this podcast will be very very happy for the success you oh. have coming your way so which superstar will climb to the mountain and win the two-week trophy <laughs> well it's a gaunt and now ruru's out it's been replaced by ray mysterio <laughs> tune in next week while we will do saudi show number four five 
Uh, who knows? I'm basically every time we do a show, another journalist dies. Oh God! Let's hope they get home from their holiday this time. <laughs> not the not the journalist, the, the roster. <laughs> we'll see you next week.